Well, there may be no point in podcasting anymore, but we're here to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? Yep, we most certainly are. I think you hit the nail on the head in the preamble by saying that what we're about to talk about is the entertainment event of the decade, and we're at the start of, or at the end of a decade. Yeah, <laughs> like we've, we've, a new decade. we've seen just about everything that comes up to this. We've seen as many Avengers movies as we could fit in. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll, I think we'll be comparing this to Endgame. Probably going to be the same length, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the return of Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. There is frankly nothing else we really should be putting first. Nope. I feel like this one needs to just get out of the way yeah. while we're all relatively sober and not thinking, God, just fuck. What yeah, just, the... Well, our brains haven't melted, we'll talk about we'll talk about this episode because it is a fucking doozy. Yeah, um, so for those of you not in the loop of who Alex Jones is, must be nice. Yeah, it must be an absolute pleasure not knowing who this weird Texan. Uh, yes, weird from Austin, Texan Texas. Ma- uh, weird Texas man is. He is a conspiracy theorist who got his initial kind of rise related to uh, the the whole uh, incidents around nine eleven and a conspiracy theories therein, and there were a few. Uh, for a long time, there was obviously the whole Bush did nine eleven. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. He's been at the kind of uh, center of that controversy for decades now i mean yeah, he made his he's he's probably got millions or something he's made his money no, certainly he has enough money for rolexes so yeah he's, he's enough money to send eddie bravo to the edge of the earth oh fucking christ one step at a time done one step at a time so uh, uh I, I just reminded myself of something that i wanted to forget so alex jones has actually been on the uh, joe rogan podcast before on episode 9-11 funnily enough yep with Eddie Bravo, funnily enough. Funnily enough. Both of these guys are big conspiracy theorists. They indulge in just about everything they can take a look at. They'll take a look at everything. And then there's some stuff they do agree with, some stuff they don't. Uh, I actually I think I remember them saying that um, Eddie got Alex into this. To which I can say, Eddie Bravo, you fucking dick. <laughs> oh, like, why? Yeah, I, so, I can put up with Eddie Bravo when he's talking about fighting. Yeah. Talking about combat. He's book smart. One of the smartest dudes when it comes to combat and fighting on the the sport of fighting, but when it comes to conspiracy theories, I'm always tempted just to hit that you know thirty second advancement <laughs> button on my podcast app. Yeah, which is still fucking up horrendously. By the way, it's pissing me off. Yeah, I mean you've got to get through four hours and forty minutes. Yes, I'll say it again for the slow kids: four, four hours and forty, 40 minutes, minutes of your life that will just shrink. Four hours will of just life. shrivel away. <laughs> then I'm not getting back twice at this point. Probably third listen. time. You listened to it twice? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I, I listened to it live when it was happening, which right. was, as I say, when I say it's an event, to be there in the moment, not knowing what's going to come out, to not know this is going to go for four hours and 40 minutes, when you're sitting there about half yes, a liter of whiskey on, in. On, YouTube, on the YouTube streaming service, there's no time code. It's just a yeah. little red dot to say it's live. Oh, shit. That must have been terrifying. Like driving at night with no headlights on. It was, it was, yeah, I guess that's pretty good. Actually. You just never know. It's like driving with no lights on. And a blindfold. Down a quarry. <laughs> <laughs> like, which turn's going to kill me? Which one of these is going to do it? Where, when am I going to find the edge of sanity and just go, <laughs> off the edge? It doesn't work very well. And it's just, it was weird because actually if you, if you look at it at about the three hour mark, they're sort of saying, okay, we're going to wrap this thing up. And you think, ah, oh, here we go. Yes. Here, the end is in sight. There's only so many weird Camara baby stories I can listen to. Yep. And then all of a sudden it comes out that, no, wait, I got one more thing. <laughs> he, he did <laughs> That he, one more thing takes an hour and 40 minutes. He did not. He just kept one more thinging us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Like, that's just a thing that we have where we'll just keep saying one more thing and we're really bad for it and passionate for not podcasting. So, oh, before I forget, like, before I leave yeah. you, before we, do, before we do this, remember this thing and yeah. it would just start another, like, 50-minute conversation yeah. of just nonsense. To put that to put that in com- uh, context, uh, obviously me and Colin, we've known each other for fucking years. I think well into the sort of single digits back when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, sort of run about high school time we'd meet, we'd meet up and hang out and uh, just kind of listen, listen to some music shoot the shit Papa Roach is the shit Papa Roach Slipknot Early Limp Biscuit, all that shit motherfucking chainsaw what do you say uh, <laughs> I used to have to go home around about 9 o'clock I'd say right dude we need to go I'd probably leave at about half 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because we didn't go, oh dude did you see that so like Dragon Ball Z or Gundam Wing when you liked Gundam Wing <laughs> then there'd be another conversation that just popped up there so yeah this was basically the podcast equivalent of that of Alex Jones just going one more thing my father built cyborgs and I'm like okay strap the fucking here pour we myself go another again. whiskey yeah so this thing took me a half a litre of whiskey just to get there it was uh, something else I burned through a, a bottle of very crap whiskey that I had it was hmm. a quarter bottle that I don't know where I got it was one of those house party whiskeys that I got someone said oh you drink whiskey here have this and I'm like oh thank you for Chief McCulloch's <laughs> drinking whiskey this is probably going to be great it was disgusting but the amount of Dr Pepper I poured in there did kind of cancel it out I don't usually like mixing whiskey unless it's your sort of your Jim Beams your, your uh, bourbons, Jack Daniels yeah. your bourbons that kind of thing but this thing was are like, you talking like a single malt whiskey like, no it wasn't a single malt whiskey it was just no. a like a regular sort of scotch whiskey apparently oh, it right. was a lower end one but it was that genuinely it had that throat burn it wasn't smooth at all it was like drinking turpentine ah, right. I just thought I need to mix this and before I known it I'd finished an entire quarter bottle and I didn't even make it through the full episode in one sitting yeah I had to pause and go do other things I mean my, my second playthrough um, was at the, the weekend following up after it because we had a guy at work who was listening to it as well and uh, he kept, like, having to go back and listen to it again. And I'm like, no, dude, he really said that. You, I mean, it's hard to believe, but yeah. Yep. He believes that there are, or he, he thinks... It's weird, because he started throwing in these weird pseudo-disclaimers where he yeah, said, I, I don't believe it. I'm just reporting on what other people say they believe. Yeah. But he also says that he believes everything he reports. So, I... Yeah, like, where's, where's the line? He draws weird lines, and I think it is a kind of... He draws weird lines free. and just gets rid of those lines. When he's talking about certain things, like like you said, he does say, and this isn't what I believe. But then if you remember back to the early InfoWars days, he always says, everything I report is something that I believe in. Well, it's, it's actually not, not much to do with early stuff, but I don't know if you know recently he's been going through a divorce. Yeah. And he's been fighting for a battle, uh, a custody battle for his kids. Hmm. And he actually, as part of that, part of his lawyer's defense was, what you're seeing is an act. What you're seeing is him turned yeah. up to 25 and when he comes home, yeah, he settles back down to normal. Cut it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eleven just doesn't cut it. But he settles back down to being a normal, loving, caring father. To which Alex Jones immediately left and said, no, it's all lies, it's all bullshit. I, I report everything, I believe everything, I I, I, I bring you the truth because it's the truth I know. And it's it's at the point where I was going to talk about this later, but... Yeah. If this is kayfabe, holy fuck. Kayfabe? Kayfabe is in wrestling, where like if you and I were in a wrestling federation, we had a rivalry, you and I couldn't be seen talking to each other even outside the ring. All right. We could do it in private. We could like hang out in a room where nobody else would see us, and we could just chat and shoot the shit and be buddies. But as soon as we are in public view, everything we do, everything we tweeted, would have to be under kayfabe, which is the kind of like internal monologue of wrestling. If this is kayfabe, this needs to kind of be dealt with in a certain yeah. way. Like we're getting that later. Um, but yet he <laughs> he thinks that P 
paedophilic vampire goblins from the next dimension are pulling strings on Western society to fulfill Nazi-inspired societies. That's his thing at this point. Like yeah. It used to just be there was conspiracies about X or Y or Z. Now X, Y and Z has all been melded into a grand conspiracy revolving a change in Western society to gather resources for a global elite that will separate themselves from the rest of humanity. So they'll basically sink the Titanic and get away on the only lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex Jones is the only guy who knows about this, and he has to stand there and scream about it from the top of the mountain. Yeah. He's hoping he knows that we're on the Titanic. We're already there. The ship is moving. We just need to be able to fight back and get our own lifeboats or something. Yeah, we, need, we need to be prepared. I, th- I like to think that this is all bullshit. Like, there is no truth to this. But if there is a grain of truth to this, that there really is aliens out there that are testing us, taking the best of humanity, <laughs> I will be the first one to say, sorry. <laughs> like, like, Alex Jones was right. We need to be, we need to be building boats. You know, but here's the thing. Is it's, it's not to do with an alien takeover. It's aliens influencing our society to separate the elite. Oh, the, the, the top 0.1%. Yeah. Not even the top 1%. And to create around, or to use their influence on current society to gather resources to protect us from the next thing. And if you look at the way things are panning out, where it's global warming's an issue, where you have uh, increased hostilities between East and Western nuclear powers right now. I mean, let's not even touch on India, Pakistan. That's yeah. its own little nuclear, almost nuclear firefight waiting to happen. You could argue that if there was a global elite who were concerned about all this and knew everything, hmm. who knew everything that was going on in the world with this top-down view from the top of ivory towers, you would, as a member of that community, start gathering your own resources and saying, "Yeah, you'd start we need to prep. Yeah, yeah we we need to get ready." Doomsday prepping is a kind of natural occurrence in human societies. Yeah, yeah, especially in a technology, a technologically advanced society like ours. Like we're as far as humanity has gone down technology's path yeah so far yeah so to say that there might be a, a global civil a global kind of like cabal group sneaking away like sidelining stuff to make things better for themselves in the event of some inevitable apocalypse not the weirdest theory out there to say that aliens are doing it or aliens yeah. are telling them to do it when they're high as fuck yeah to say that aliens are literally shoveling drug after drug <laughs> and increased doses into certain people so they can... Like, what was the reason behind the drug thing? Was it just so they, they could comprehend aliens or so they could... Yeah, what happens is that... <laughs> and Alex Jones's view of the human brain... Yeah, disclaimer, none of this is fact. <laughs> <laughs> none of this is even thought about as maybe being provable, let yeah. alone proven. <laughs> none of this is even slightly quantifiable. <laughs> so the idea is that the universe exists and we exist in the universe... And that there are many planes of stuff that are interacting with each other, different levels of energy, different like how we can't see infrared rays, we can't see uh, like the different spectrums of light. There's so much energy going on with these other dimensions that overlap into ours. Somewhere out there, there are forces of good and bad who want different things for the universe, including us, and are going to use us as tools to try and manipulate the universe or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it takes a lot of effort to keep on top of all this. But basically, like the human brain is filtering out everything else. We only see the three-dimensional world as it is. If we get high as fuck, <laughs> I'm talking high as fuck, boy, yeah. 
we can start to perceive these other dimensions and how they influence us and other creatures of these dimensions like said alien goblins and alien elves and vampires and yeah. all the, this weird shows oh my god the fucking <laughs> he spends so much time talking about these fuckers i i genuinely wanted to see them <laughs> at this point i'm trying to find lsd just to find yeah. out if he's right or not alex Jones, he can probably tell you where the good lsd is alex Jones probably knows <laughs> going to the government but, bases you gotta find you gotta find a CIA dark base it's fine um, but he just he, they're part of the breakaway government they have all the good LSD no they're one of two breakaway governments yeah they are. <laughs> and there's several shadow organisations I took a migraine during the week <laughs> this is bringing it back I just passed out at one point just started bleeding I, from the nose I and the eyes you know, I was uh, like I said I had to listen to this in two sports it came out what last week uh, it was this Thursday or Friday I think it was Friday. It was right. Friday night. It came out Friday because I remember downloading it and listening to it and because you texted me just going, oh boy, Alex Jones. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. That just, was before I knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I listened to it a bit on Friday then a text exchange happened back and forth. Uh, this is during coursework season so this is when I've got essays and stuff to write. Yeah. So I was listening to it while I was doing my essay. Dom did not have time for this shit. I did, I did not have time for this and it just, I had to keep stopping and stopping. But as I was finishing my essay I had him. Um, bitching migraine yeah that only got worse by trying to just wrap my head around all the shit that he was saying i can't remember writing the last thousand words of my essay <laughs> i'm pretty sure at some point i might have just written well the eu is a corrupt organization that was made by aliens who fucked nazis to make other eu nazis <laughs> i might have written that i can't fucking remember i'm gonna get a proofread but the the ideas that he puts forward is that these aliens and these interdimensional entities that we interact with when yeah. we're high as fuck are and how he has seen consciousness <laughs> that was, was interesting yeah that, that was that just, is like three that's three video essays by itself yeah that um, is just gourmet crazy <laughs> that is that fine so, so <laughs> that's the fine so sort of like absolute batshit on top yeah. of a mountain of crazy <laughs> lsd grade gourmet yeah um but we his idea is that these aliens and interdimensional beings have been influencing society and started with the nazis and apparently the british empire as well to try and start... It's always uh, Germany and the UK that are vying for power. Yeah, we're always at it. And you're like, we could also just hate each other, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly like we didn't go to war or anything like <laughs> 1940s. And all the way throughout the middle of history. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that these alien cultures are... When we were high, they approach us and give us the hints and the advancements we need to try and push forward technology to the point where we can make these breakaway governments and really connect with aliens and do all this stuff. And that's weird. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's worrying that the fact that he, he, he looks at that and says aliens. Now, never been high on anything no. other than the joy of life. And that's the worst joke I've ever told. But there's, um, like, the the idea is that, obviously, narcotics, drugs, even just stuff that we take records, like alcohol, I don't think it goes out. I think it goes in. I think it reflects part of the human brain i think it's just yeah, the th- chemical interactions firing yeah. off I, I think i've always i've always viewed alcohol as it, it highlights issues that you would never normally speak when you're sober yeah alcohol doesn't put any new thoughts in yeah. your head it lets the thoughts in your head out yeah that's why people go oh ca- you can't take me seriously i was drunk i'm like no that was in there yeah that was in there there was truth in there yeah. and I, i've never taken i've never smoked any i've never smoked weed i've never knowingly i've never taken any kind of drug I've never that's <laughs> the reason why i say i've never knowingly because i went to the download festival in 2009 ah. and i got hotboxed just everyone everyone else uh, that kind of came into my tent because 
uh, the guy that I was staying with is someone that uh, me and my brother both known for uh, quite a few years. We met him at a, a Slipknot concert. He's just one of those people that he could go walking down a seemingly empty street and just come back with about six or seven people following him, just talking, chatting the shit. He's that kind yeah. of like, really charismatic type guy. So we had about six or seven people in the tent and I'm just sitting there as a young 17-year-old going, hey guys, what are you smoking? That, 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 this tobacco smells weird. Five minutes later, I'm just going, like, monged at my brain. <laughs> and I genuinely, this is this is how bad it got. I'd been playing quite a lot of Pokemon Soul Silver, and in that game, you're, the Pokemon in your top slot follows you around in-game. Right. I was looking behind me and I swear to Christ, there was a fucking Blastoise. <laughs> <laughs> I shit, you know, I'm, there's no exaggeration in that. That's the only sort of, like, I swear there was a giant blue turtle with fucking water cannons <laughs> falling there. But I think these, these drugs take things out of our head, either... And just what, amplify it, them. And just extrapolate it and let the yeah. brain... I mean, DMT is produced by the human brain during time of sleep. Yeah. A lot, I think a lot of these drugs just spin the brain a little faster or do something and just make things happen in a way that we don't quite understand yet. I think we'll get there eventually. And I think that they, they happen to reflect things in our consciousness that maybe we don't understand entirely yeah. because there's so much going on in there I that we have no fucking clue yeah. about. I always, I always view them as uh, they, they uh, remove your inhibitions. Yeah. So if you're normally someone that's just a little bit quiet, a little bit introverted, you throw back some some brewskis, all of a sudden you're the one of the loudest guys ever just mm. because that's an aspect that you, or you might think of yourself as, yeah. but in reality you're not actually, or yeah. it's an aspect of yourself that you try and you know, quash down so that you can be viewed as the quiet person, but in, actually in reality you're the guy that wants to jump up on a table and fucking spin his hoodie above his head. And yeah. Well, I'm talking about like, not just alcohol, I'm talking about the whole wide plethora of yeah, like, that, like, it. Yeah, you, you have a brain that's just like sitting there and it's like it, it's like it's one colour and you just inject a drug or you, you, or you yeah. inject drugs which is like a dye in there yeah. and the dye swirls through the brain and then changes colour and then it reverts back to yeah. normal and you just keep in, like doing these new drugs that come in yeah. and it does different things to your brain. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's probably the best thing. I don't think... I agree with you there. I don't think drugs allows you to see anything else that's yeah. that's not there. I think it just it accesses or it taps into certain different parts of your brain that yeah. are normally they're normally active in one way, but this because of I don't know, because of the chemical structure or the, yeah. the different sort of medicinal compounds that are in it, they activate a certain part of your brain. Like when you're when you're taking stuff like LSD and that has a sort of hallucinogenic property that yeah. hits a certain part of your brain that allows you to see things at a slower pace or something. Like it has a kind of strobing effect. It. A prime example, the scene in Dread where they inject Mama. Yeah. Uh, not Mama. Uh, Slow-mo. Yeah. And they're like, the hand's moving. It has this weird kind of strobing effect. I think drugs, can they they don't enhance anything. They don't help you see anything else. They basically just take what they're given and use it in a different way. And especially when it comes to, like, what, one of the things they mentioned is shared hallucinogens. Like, if everyone in the room takes the same drug and we all see something that's kind of similar, does that mean that we all unlocked another dimension we all saw the truth at the same time. We all saw 50 little goblin creatures with weird faces and we all saw the exact same thing. Yeah. Or is that 50 people raised in the same culture who all know about the idea of goblins and have that little thing sitting in the back of their head going, oh, there's goblins out there yeah. somewhere in the world. And you take some drugs and then one person goes, oh my God, there's a goblin. And then somebody else goes, oh my God, you're right, there's a goblin. And everyone in the room just goes, agrees on goblins. Yeah. And therefore everyone sees goblins. So what would be the, the question then is how do you test that? different groups from different cultures preferably isolated as possible yeah like south american cultures european cultures african cultures see what they see if everyone takes the same drug see what happens then that's how you would kind of test that i guess 
And if they all report little elves... Yeah, and if they all see we got a serious fucking problem. If they all see elves and aliens, we're all fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, again, means Alex Jones, Alex Jones was right. And we're in some serious trouble. And if that guy if that guy is the leader of the new world, I'm going to just start colonising Mars now. Yeah. There was... Um, he did a good point of clarifying, actually, it's one of the things that needs to be taken a bit more seriously, what happened with his Sandy Hook position, which is where he yeah. questioned what was going on at Sandy Hook. Mm. Uh, the media started reporting it as, oh, he doesn't believe all those kids were shot. Yeah. And then later, like, he was questioning it. He was openly just dissenting on the popular opinion. And then he changed, like, he re- he read more information and changed his stance to, yes, I believe this happened. Yeah. And he says that he disbelieved it in the first place because he's seen so much other shit be faked anyway. Why would another school shooting be yeah. an issue, when it, especially when it was such a political issue at the time? Why wouldn't the government do that? And that was his line of questioning. So that, yeah, and then no when he did. took a stance against it, or when he said it did happen, he received backlash from that community as well. But because he was known as the guy who questioned Sandy Hook, the media just started pumping that up again. Yeah, which is a weird thing for the media to do, and I don't like that that happened. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the whole. Just say, for example, Colin Graham says, "I hate the fact that children under a certain age are not being or children." in high school under a certain age do not get financial aid in any way shape or form mm. that can then be taken extrapolated and changed to people saying oh Colin hates all children of a high school age or Colin hates people that qualify for a certain amount of funding I hate the fact that so often nowadays people are looking for selective editing yeah selective editing I fucking hate that they do it constantly with Donald Trump they do it constantly with um, Jordan Peterson Jordan Thompson Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson they do that with him constantly I for one quite like uh, Jordan Peterson He's interesting to listen to. I don't think I'd agree on everything, it but I'll listen to I, him. I, I, do like, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with most of his stuff because unless I can, unless I really have an opinion on it, I, there's, I'm not exactly going to agree with something that I've just seen on the internet. Yeah. If I looked into some of his stuff, I might agree with him, but just the way he talks, the way he kind of... He's a great orator. Like you can see yeah. that guy's been a tenured professor for the last like yeah. 15 years or something like that. And he's, he knows his shit, so he can go toe-to-toe with the best of them. So... Yeah. When he speaks, I'll listen to him just to hear what he has to say. And for the most part, he he does entertain other people's ideas. He doesn't just go, no, that's bullshit. He yeah. tries to he tries to at least talk you through it. But I hate it when people just try and take a regular dialogue and blow it up into something else that's not mm. something else that's just not even slightly feasible. The it's ex- extrapolation yeah, becomes it's, a bit of an issue with these comments, especially with really sensitive subjects. Yeah, when people try and add context or a different context to the intended context. Yeah, and uh, actually, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about this. How you, I mean, it's different for you because you had to split up because of coursework and headaches. Yeah. How did it feel going into this, knowing you were going to have to listen to four hours and 40 minutes? I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. You were okay with it? I was okay with it because uh, quite a few times, especially this year, uh, I've started watching streams that go over the sort of four hour, five hour mark. Yeah. So I've been getting used to this idea of just, right, this is going to be a lot of information to take on at once. Specifically with um, sort of... Uh, awesome games done quick summer games done quick uh, Argic does quite a lot of longer uh, streams uh, there's quite a lot of um, like podcasts that I listen to they do streams yeah. and stuff and big charity streams and stuff yeah, like that so many and Rooster Teeth they do quite a lot of long form streams yeah. Funhouse TV that's on fucking constantly that's on that live stream thing all yeah. the time so yeah I was, I was quite I was quite looking forward to it because I prefer I don't like the one hour short podcasts because I listen to so many podcasts through the week the one hour podcast is just because I put it all, I'll put a podcast on, maybe do some work or sit and play a game, and I'll be like, oh, right, that podcast done. 
Yeah, I kind of wanted to hear more about what they were talking about. Yeah. So if it's a longer form podcast, I'm cool with it. But I'm not going to lie. I think if it went on six hours, I would have probably just droned out. Like, <laughs> he wanted to do that as well. I know he fucking did. Here's the thing is, there was a lot of things he wanted to do yeah. in that podcast. <laughs> choke me. Choke me. <laughs> Don't be a pussy about this. Choke me out now, you little bitch. And you're like, whoa, Alex, calm down. Eddie Bravo, I want you to choke me. Eddie Bravo, I'm pretty sure there's a reaction of him just going, like shaking his head, going, no. It's not happen. happening. Um, I... Black belt, motherfucker, I will kill you. <laughs> I, I, The thing that gets me about this is, I mean, yeah, Alex is crazy. And yeah. I'm not going to lie, when you have him up on a stage like that, it exposes it. Yeah. You can't look at him and say, that's logical. No, that's those, factual. That's yeah. correct. That's an easy to understand line of thinking. No, uh, again, it always it all comes to how I've now trained myself and how to think and how you've how I think you've always kind of done it. You need the needs to, a needs to go to b. That's how I've always looked yeah. at things. There needs to be a logical progression from a point A to point B. He goes from A straight to fucking some other alien letter that we don't yeah. even know how to pronounce yet, straight back to B. Then he just darts all over the place and. And just starts yelling about documents he's seen. Yeah, documents are being declassified. If I hear that fucking word one more time, I'm throwing someone at a building. And that's the thing, is if you take me on a wild ride, and we start at A, we say A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z, and I can follow you in each yeah, one of those you points, show you're working. and I can see the, the line joining A to B, cool. I'm down for it. Yeah. You've made a good case. But if you just go A, Z, yeah. because... G F E, <laughs> like if you just keep bouncing around with a hundred different points that never quite connect all the way through. Like if, if you I've go been... from A to twelve, I'm gonna have some questions. <laughs> here. Like hey, you change the subject five times, um. But yeah, it's, it, and it's been kind of disappointing to see that the reaction to this has been so volatile. I've not really like, seen any reaction. It's a proper it. shut it down response. Really? Yeah. From what I, if you watched it on Twitter as it was happening, you could see the responses of. I can't believe Joe's having him on. I can't believe he's giving him a platform. That whole stop giving him a platform thing, calm that the fuck down. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty if, sure if you wanted a platform, he could go to any television company. Or, mm, any, or he could just start his own podcast. He has his own platform. Yeah. He has his own show. Infowars.com. What was the other one? Newswars.com. Newswars is part of the whole branding ah, thing. Right, yes. But he's still got Infowars.com. He has his own platform. Yeah. The fact is, this whole, this whole thing came from Joe Rogan what, literally wanted to chat to his friend. Yeah. Apparently, off microphone, Alex Jones is a fucking hoot. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why. Like, can you imagine if he had that amount of energy? Because I swear that guy sweats cocaine. Yeah. Like, at this point, he's not human. Like, he's something else. He's yeah. he's transcended, ironically, he's transcended to an next alien yeah. species. I think the fact that he's that big, it, it kind of reminds me of a character in Bleach, who was one of the most powerful uh, Soul Reaper Shinigami characters. Mm-hmm. And she was always a bigger, heavy set character. But that's because when she uses her abilities, it drains so much of her physical body. Yeah. That she has to build up these fat stores in order to just kind of give her more energy to <laughs> use her type of magic. I think it was a, some kind of special cooking that she does. Right. She ingests, she puts out so much of her own energy that she needs to build up excess energy. So she goes from being this like huge, like kind of morbidly obese woman to being this kind of slender woman. She's like, oh, I used my power here. <laughs> like, I'm going to go sleep and going to eat. I'm going to get back to that level of energy again. I think Alex Jones has to be that bigger. He'll just fall over. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's four hours and 40 minutes. And Alex Jones is off to pee for like five minutes of that. Other than that. I'm pretty sure he pissed himself at one point because he says he needs to go to the toilet. That's the greatest clip of all time. Like it's part of, it's a GRE clip. He says, I need to pee. 
and Joe's like, I gotta go pee first. And he Joe goes to take a piss. Uh, Alex Jones goes off at Eddie Bravo, like off. Yeah. The button was pushed, the flip was switched, everything just went fucking nuts. Um and the, <laughs> the it was just like he goes nuts, he comes back, and Joe's like, What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, is it flat earth or is it the moon's fake or whatever? And he's like, No, we're talking about the, the, the chimera babies being stolen and stuff and Joe's like, calm down. Do you don't need to go for a piss? And Joe, he was so angry, he didn't need to piss anymore. Like he, like the bladder just shuts, <laughs> just kind of clamped down. Fucking like, I, I just think of it, the thing from Stargate, uh, <laughs> the iris that goes over the portal. <laughs> it's battle mode. It's protected. <laughs> the steel shutters come down. But it's because I, I, you watch that show, you see him go completely off the fucking rails about stuff that, and again, we're talking about, we'll talk about extrapolation in a couple minutes, yeah. but. He he goes completely off the rail, and you people think he's going to be a thought leader. No, not for anyone. Nobody no. who looks at that man and says, "I'm convinced." I wasn't there at the start, but he got me. Yeah. <laughs> he made some be, pretty rational arguments. There's going to be no person that I know of that is going to watch this. Go, you know what? I'm going to look into this. Alex Jones has turned my head. I follow Alex Jones. There's never going to be a church of Jones. No, I, people can see him for what he is. And yeah. I think it's really fucking sad that people won't let him speak in public because they think he's so powerful. Are you are you intimidated by the intellect of Alex Jones? Yeah. Dude's a crazy guy. If you're intimidated by the intellect of Alex Jones, you're probably scared of your own children. Yeah. Dogs. <laughs> but then again, dogs are psychic buffers. So. Psychic buffers. That's true. That is a fact that I saw on the internet. <laughs> I mean, I have two dogs and there have been... I mean, I've got mental health issues there's days when I've just like been less than a functioning human being yeah. and the two of them would just look at me like what's up dude what's wrong with you yeah. I'm going to put my head on your knee and you're going to feel better yeah. dogs respond to energy by smelling the hormones coming yeah. off your body and recognising patterns of behaviour yeah, and dogs have supervision they're going to be able to tell the subtlest change in your facial feature yeah. so if they're just oh his eyes are slightly down I shall comfort the human. Like, no, they can literally smell the stress yeah, hormones they, coming out of people. That's why we can train dogs to detect a stroke. Yeah, that was the only part of his, his thing that I got. I was like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, dogs tap into a certain part of humanity that I don't think we 100% comprehend yet. Yeah. I, I think it's because they look at it, or they, they're very empathetic creatures. Yeah. I think that's, where they, that's how they respond to emotion. Yeah. Is they kind of comfort because they're pack animals from wolves. Yeah. They kind of respond positively and with affection and stuff i think that's why we look at them and say oh there's something special about the relationship between a yeah. dog and a human as opposed to cats who just show up and are like fuck you yeah <laughs> or there's some fucking cat in my street that genuinely has the biggest set of feline balls i've ever seen on a fucking thing i go when i take my dog out for a walk it just comes up to me and starts rubbing its head on my leg and my dog just looks at me going fucking, what the hell is this bitch doing <laughs> no cats don't give a shit yeah and it just as I chase away, it just stops and does that fucking weird pantomime thing where it starts rolling on the ground going, oh no. Like, just yeah. what are you going to do, motherfucker? I could let my dog off the lead and you would be shitting yourself. You want to see an animal that doesn't give a shit? Rats. Yeah, rats. My brother has rats and they're fucking hilarious. They got they like bite the cats and stuff. Yeah. Like, they just like give a little kind of like nips to yeah. cats and stuff. But they, they scare the dog. They've got a dog, cats and rats and the dog doesn't know what to do. When they're in the cage, the dog would sit and look and check it out and be like, what's going on? What the fuck is yeah. this shit? And then, like, as soon as the cat, the rats come out, the dog just bolts. I don't, I don't blame it. Can we talk about my favorite animal for a second? I've recently, I started reading up on this thing recently. The fucking mantis shrimp. If I ever want to get bitten by a radioactive anything, it's going to be a fucking <laughs> mantis shrimp. 
you kidding me with those fucking cone eyes that they can see infrared and sound and different things like you can see different things and they can punch so hard that they can break a human ribcage i want to be bitten by a radioactive mantis shrimp is that the is that what's called the pistol shrimp yeah it can it walks so quickly it has so many legs it moves so quickly it basically boils like part of the water. I think in. we're talking about a different animal because the pistol shrimp is literally it just has big uh, yeah it's got like, it's big thing like, be. mandibles or it's like a, an arm or a leg that's evolved to just punch forward yeah and the force of it coming through the air or coming through the water knocks out things that it wants to eat yeah is that the same as, yeah I think it is I think I might be combining some things but yeah it's got basically these I think they do count as uh, arms or technically legs because it's a weird pers- structure that's like it, it, at one point evolution would have been an arm yeah and just because they they managed to measure this thing, they put a kind of a measuring apparatus, but they painted something on it that would ag- <laughs> or they put something on it that would aggravate the shrimp. It just goes and punches it, and it's one of those little punch tester things. Yeah. And the pressure that this thing exerts is fucking retarded. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I want to get bitten by a radioactive mantis shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> just you imagine that I'd be able to see, and it, I'd be able to see the aliens and the elves, and I'd be able to punch them in the face with my super strength. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, anyone who has a mantis shrimp, <laughs> inject that thing with radiation and let it bite me. I am... Um, uh, mantis shrimp man. <laughs> mantis shrimp man. I, the, part of the thing that, that actually the day before, I was like maxed out on conspiracy theories on that day. Yeah. Because I came home and I watched uh, a, a new Netflix documentary called uh, Beyond the Curve. It's about flat earthers. I'd advise you to give it a watch. It's kind of, it's interesting to see the heart, the kind of like, the human side of these people because normally you see the crazy thing of like oh they're flat and it's all government conspiracy and blah 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 I'm like why? <laughs> it's been my one question for flat earthers why? why? <laughs> who wins? who gets money at this? how does this like how does this profit someone? And I just, obviously I'm, it's big cotton <laughs> it's, it's it's big uh, globes <laughs> they can't sell us globes if the earth's not a globe I think <laughs> <laughs> we're all in favour of a big poster that's makes <laughs> Like they had maps before globes. <laughs> <laughs> big map wasn't fighting big globe for this one. Yeah. <laughs> it was just weird people didn't agree on things, and um, it was the, the part of it that really got to me was actually it was a, a speech. I'm going to find out who the hell made it because it's it's a really important part. Hmm. It's a guy called uh, Lamar Glover, um, and it's he gives a speech at this event where it's got astronomy on tap, and it's a bunch of physicists and uh, like engineers and stuff come down from universities, hanging out in pubs. I don't know if it's like a ticketed event or something like that, but members of the public can come in and it's just like speeches, groups you hang out and chat with like people from like top level universities in mm. America. I'm like, dude, that's nerdy as hell and I love it. Yeah. But he gives a speech uh, saying that we need to talk about flat earthers and the entire bar laughs. And he says, that's the point. We just laughed at a group of people who are skeptically minded and analytical. Why did we just do that? That's wrong. We're effectively mocking potential scientists. Yeah, people who just looked at information and disagreed disagreeing is part of the scientific experience yeah where they've gone with it isn't right they're not right their answer's wrong we can prove it they're proving it by accident it's the funniest part of the movie was the guy realizing that he just disproved part of flyer theory <laughs> it's really unfortunate because you hear the audio of him going okay if i can see the light this will mean this i lift up the thing which would prove that the earth is flat or the earth is round and he just the light goes off and you like he disproves flat earth and you just hear him go oh <laughs> <laughs> it's just a single solitary oh, oh. <laughs> it's like the guy that uh, on twitter posted up saying uh, 
people need to start seeing that the earth is really fat really flat me and all my uh, companions from around the globe <laughs> and you just see dot 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 <laughs> say that again but slowly all the comments are just read the tweet <laughs> it, his speech is actually it's really it's important i think beyond the content science until the whole kind of the political sphere and everything that we talk about we need to stop just shutting out and walking lock, off and laughing at people yeah for ideas that we don't agree with yeah there's an element of snobbery to it because yeah. people just, oh, we've been educated, we know what's right. And that's why people can formulate ideas based on the idea that it's cultural coastal elites hmm. in America, and LA, Seattle, San Francisco, New York, Austin, Texas, like Miami, places like that that just hmm. know all the answers but never share the wealth with the Midwest, like these yeah. center states where it's, I mean, at one point they have been referred to as the flyover states. And that pissed off people. That pissed off a lot of people right before Trump was elected. Hmm. You can argue that there's a divide there that needs to be kind of bridged. It's not that anybody in the centre of the, the, the US has less potential than somebody on the coast, but they're not being used to the best of their abilities. Yeah. I think the way we get rid of like stupid things, like no offence to anyone who believes flat earth, but it's fucking stupid. There's ways of, we've proved several times that the earth is round. We spent a long time proving it to a lot churches. Time, and a lot of money, churches. Yeah. I think there's a reason why this was only, this was a talking point back in when, who was it that originally thought the earth was I think flat? it was about 1800s yeah. that it was officially like kind of solved as it's a globe. Actually yeah. it was, would have been during that, actually Christopher Columbus. Yeah. would have helped prove it with discovering America because uh, he believed, or it was, it was batted back and forwards. Yeah. But I think when you get to the 1800s and you have hot air balloons and you have like travelling devices, especially in the 1900s when we get planes, because I'm airships and stuff like that, yeah. people can actually see, oh, there's a curvature to the Earth. Therefore, it's a sphere. It makes yeah. it tangible that the Earth is a sphere, not just the concept that it's a sphere or a plane. Yeah. There's a reason why it's not really been... Take, it's not really this whole thing has been brought forward like hey did we ever figure out what happened to the earth being flat there's it, i think it stems from people they get this idea into their, their head and like you said that there's, there's not this sharing of information yeah so they get the idea into their head and it gestates and they start researching more things yeah. and they don't get their facts checked yeah and there's no one that steps in and say look you're you're reading into this and first and foremost great that you're researching fucking great that you're reading mm. but this is wrong all mm. of it's wrong and then the wrong type of person gets involved. People go, yeah, you know, you're right. And then that person tells two people and then just keeps going and going and going until so many fucking people believe this one dumb idea. Yeah. And then that element that snobbery comes in and just goes, well, if you believe that, you're not worth my time. Yeah. No, bring that guy back in and tell yeah. him why he's a fucking idiot for believing that they are Don't be flat. dogmatic. Be educational. Yeah. Be in charge of take, like, t- as a scientist, take a flat earther under your wing and show them the correct way. Like, yeah. fix them, fix it individually. Speak yeah. to them as people, not a group that disbelieve you. Because you're never going to get anywhere with that. And it's part of, there's a Flat Earther conference that's held during the course of the documentary. And it says, it, it speaks a very potent truth. Science is far too dogmatic. Yeah. We just go, this is it. We're done. We're not accepting it. Like, if people want to go back and challenge it, go fuck yourself. We're done. We're done here. We're moving forward. Sometimes people need to be reassured of the facts. To go yeah. back and check as to why certain things are the way they are. So you need, like, having those people around in the scientific community, not the worst idea. No, you need to have, I mean, I think, again, this is this refers to a comedian, but I think Daryl Breen kind of hit the nail on the head and said, science knows that it's not right, 
Otherwise, it would just stop. Yeah. I think when I mean, people just say, oh, that's what scientists believe, that is the truth. Like, you can say no. You can debate it. You can go back and forth with it. Don't always accept what you're reading. But again, if the opposite side is scientifically proven Earth is round, conspiracy theory, Earth is flat. Yeah. Read into the right side, then find out why you're wrong. Don't just accept blindly the truth that you've been told. And that's why like, I want to see Alex Jones more publicly. Because I want people to see him, yeah. see his theories, look at them, break them down, analyze them, debate them, prove them wrong. Yeah, because I um, don't think he, right, he's not going to stand up to a debate. Are you I, kidding me? Me and you, me and you talk. We we go back and forth on a couple of things to say. I agree with this. I agree with that, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. that's what I think. Because if you get a yes, man, personally, fuck fuck those people. But just go. Yeah, you're right. You're right, dude. You're right. Like, no, go back and forth. And say, I don't really agree with that. That is cool. But I think Alex Jones is the kind of person who temperamentally could not handle a debate. If someone says to him. I think you might be wrong about the aliens and the, the elves and the LSD thing. He's just going to go, documents declassified, and his head's just going to explode. <laughs> and they're going to have to wheel on another Alex Jones and replace him. But it's... For him, though, part of the problem is his particular theory now is so overarching, it encompasses the globe. Yeah. And that's what I said when I started this whole thing was he started off with little things. Yeah, and then he started piecing all these little things together in and a certain has way. The grand conspiracy theory, which is, it starts at the top, and just I don't think there's a part of America that he does that he says hasn't been affected by. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's in everything. The yeah. tendrils of the and he's, uh, this was actually part of a thing he did in Infowars where he was talking about uh, going to war with Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago. Really? Because he was he was absolute. I don't know what it was. I think they just rattled each other a bit, and then Alex Jones went off on one. And he was talking about the idea that Joe's just sw- swimming out in LA world, just with the little fish and stuff. Hmm. Where Alex Jones is, he's fighting the big whales. So he's a, he's a mighty kraken, and his tendrils stretch everywhere because he's fighting other krakens. And his tendrils stretch into everything. And that's because that's how he fights with those creatures. Because that's the war he's in. And you're like, that's where he's putting this. It's apocalyptic levels. Yeah. It's beyond just the regular everyday like little things you can disprove because even if you were to challenge him and debate him and question him with that, you'd be part of his global conspiracy theory as a denier, as someone who's sent out to challenge him, as somebody that's sent to disprove him, yeah. to take him out of the way to allow the new world order forward. Yeah, he'd probably look at you as some kind of, like, you've been sent by by one of the shadow governments or what was it, the deep state? The deep state is, the the deep state is the Trump version of all this. His is the New World Order. Yeah. And uh, part of that is weird that he he puts the CIA and NASA as being not quite like two sides of the same coin, but they both have the same end goal and they're both part of it, but they're both still vying because the CIA is fused with English uh, as of like 1930s. And then NASA, with its heavy German influence after the like mass extraction of German scientists after World War Two, yeah. to make NASA, which is a fact, that's yeah. a weird thing. There's always like little facts in there. Yeah, there's always a, just. I think that's part of his end game, though. Yeah. That's part of his uh, his overall strategy. It's just he talks these weird, crazy ideas and his versions of the truth, but he always injects a little truth nugget in there to make you think. It's a little pin uh, that holds everything else in yeah. place. And in that, and in that sense, Alex Jones is actually pretty fucking good at his job yeah. because he's trying to get people to think but he'll say oh the the aliens are you know feeding us lsd but then he'll, he'll drop a fact like oh this happened in this government complex or this government facility then you can look up that government facility and say this was part of a con- uh, controversy then 
that starts getting you thinking, is he right? And what's being hidden? What's the truth? Yeah, what's being what's revealed? What are we being shown? And is that just what we're allowed to yeah. know? Is 5G really making us retarded or does it only work on stupid people? Yeah. Um, but the one thing that really, like, this is where I was like, this is going to be the first hour of the podcast and it probably is at this point. Yeah, I think we're coming up to there. We're going to hit that, um, which means you're we're, we're condensing it down. We've, we're doing a good compression ratio. Yeah, this we're is yeah. 25%. Video breakdown. Or yeah, audio least. breakdown. Um, so yeah, it was it was to do with his uh, statement about Dresden. That's where I'm like, I can't. Rem- I remember the, the 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 original what happened in Dresden. I remember that event, but I don't remember what Alex Jones actually said about it. So yes. you're going to need to refresh my memory. So in Dresden, 1945, the Allies uh, did about two days worth of bombing, yep. and this was end of World War Two apocalypse level. Fuck everything. Yeah, glass bombing. The, glass the place. Um, and Dresden uh, was a key kind of manufacturing part, and it did have some military bases on it. There's some people who debate as to whether or not it was uh, a valid target, not from like a kind of like weird perspective, but from like a kind of war crimes perspective with the ratio of like civilian casualties to military. It goes back and forward, and then how do you count these things at the end of World War Two? Huge ethical debates on the kind of nature of what was done there, but it was pretty fucking apocalyptic we leveled that place no ifs buts and movies about it alex jones stated that that would happened in 1940 instead of 1945 when it actually happened which means this is where like he puts this in to say that the allies bombed germany first no no <laughs> you're discounting the blitz the blitz of london the bombing raids that went as far north as scotland yep there was a German fighter shot down over the 4th. And it's a big national event. And I actually view it as the seminal event, not just in World War II, but in British culture. I think if we don't have the Blitz, we don't have that bombing, that shelling, that warfare brought home to the British people, the modern warfare brought home to the British people mm-hmm. during the Blitz, I don't think Britain's the same thing. I don't think it's the same country that it is today. Like you mean in terms of a, a sort of a truly united kingdom, or just in terms of I'm I'm not really following. Uh, it's more what's well, not really in terms of like Scotland and England being united, hmm. but the idea of there being a single British nationality because London oh, yeah, yeah, I'm is the melting pot of the UK. It's yeah. like New York. There's that's where immigrants come to. It's yeah. the first kind of port of call for a lot of people when they come to the UK because mm-hmm. it's a massive city with a lot of opportunity. It's it's the melting pot. It's where yeah. people live. It's where, like, the ratio... I mean, Scotland is 99% white. It's really fucking white up here. Yeah. Neon white. <laughs> Pretty fucking much. Um, Apple AirPods white. If you go down, uh, like, the farther south in England you go, the more mixed it gets. And I think that probably would have been the same about 50 years later. Yeah. Especially after the Great Global Depression that happened in the 1930s, World War One. Uh, you have the kind of previous kind of wars in Europe, Crimean War, stuff like that. People would have flooded the collapse of the British Empire towards the UK. Mm. You then bomb those people. What does that do? Pisses them off, yeah. unifies them, and gives everybody a great motivation to go fuck up Hitler. Yeah, and then Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> so that um that like that's what kickstarts like British resolve to finish the war. Yeah. Like we're going if we're going out, we're going out hard. We're not surrendering. We're going to go over and fight them on the beaches. Yep. All that good stuff. Um, Churchill made that speech absolutely plastered. 
probably. <laughs> well, that's always been the, that's always been my favorite. I, I don't know if this has been proven true or proven false, but one of my favorite theories about Winston Churchill was that he was always so drunk when he was giving his speeches that they had to get the guy who was narrating Winnie the Pooh for the BBC at the time to come in and do his speeches. There was a, a YouTube video about keeping up with Churchill for the day. And you just keep drinking the same amount that Churchill drinks. Not including his cigars. Because yeah, he's, he's constantly smoking. smoking. Yeah. And it wasn't just low grade. It was no, it's premium high shit. Grade. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you try and keep up with Churchill, you end up on a fucking hospital bed. Yeah, Put it you, that way. You need to get your stomach pumped. He drank a fuck ton. It's like a two or three minute video, I think. Yeah. It's just keeping up with Churchill for the day. And it's a guy going through and you can see him just degrading. <laughs> I'm on my third bottle of champagne for the day and I... Yeah, you had champagne with breakfast every day or 500 something. 500ml bottle. Not a full, like, magnum or anything like that. Yeah, Not like what you would be used to seeing, but it's like a, a imperial 500ml uh, or imperial pint-sized champagne bottle. Yeah, it's still a shit ton of champagne to have for breakfast. Yeah. Consider the amount of champagne they actually do have. Yeah. Because champagne is a potent wine. It's a very potent drink. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you get it in tiny little skinny champagne floats. Yeah. Um, and he was just chugging that shit. Yeah, it's it's the fact he mixes about. so much as well. Oh, yeah. It's like he'll, ha- he'll start off with, like, he's constantly having whiskey and soda. And then he adds on champagne. And then he adds on a, like, he takes a nap. Well, you'd need to. <laughs> he g- <laughs> At no <laughs> point can you function after <laughs> breakfast, champagne, whiskey and soda water, which is fucking delicious, by the way. Yeah. It's great. Oh. And then there's, what are they, there's various other shit they drank. There was a uh, lunch time or an after lunch uh aperitif uh or like the little uh second second lunch aperitif um <laughs> second breakfast champagne <laughs> he used to have like little ports and stuff like that throughout the day yeah. as well and he would be having like brandies and stuff like that he would have after after uh dinner drinks yeah and it was just nuts you know his consumption you're know, like if he made the day speech drunk i don't blame him yeah i'd be hammered too um but i i think like the fact that he turns around and puts such a key point in british history the other end of the table, like from where it actually is, yeah. tells me a lot about what's going on there. Yeah. So that when he gets on to the point of talking about um, the fact that he was dropped on his head, like pile drivered, yeah. head first onto concrete, explains a lot. Yeah, it explains the major discrepancy in his, his critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I look at it, when I see... these also on, explains how quickly he is to... To anger as well. Yeah. Because just... It's it means a lot. If you're having a normal conversation like me and you're having to just dial it up to 40 and just, Eddie Bravo, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> they had the fucking thing in it. I can show you the fucking documents. It's declassified. All right, show me them. Don't have them. <laughs> I will send you them all. Fucking tabbed. Fucking everything. Eddie Bravo, listen to me. Here's the thing is, it's one of the reasons that I... It's a shame that he's not on more social media platforms. Because if I was Joe Morgan, yeah, well, actually, uh, I, I've not really listened to this podcast yet. But again, Joe Rogan having the fucking biggest week of all time has uh, had Jack Dorsey back on. Jack Dorsey, he's the, the head CEO of Twitter. Twitter, yeah, yeah, with uh, the head of Twitter's policy group, mm-hmm. who is a hilariously intelligent woman. Like it's fucking unreal. Like this woman, I, I was listening to it earlier, and I was like. It's, she's in a podcast, which is supposed to be really laid back and informal and you can talk about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. She sounds like she's given a testimony before Congress. And then you realise it's because she spends a majority of time in DC. Ah, right. <laughs> she just lives and breathes that world. And they also had Tim Pool on. And I'm not impressed by Tim Pool's performance. Tim Pool? 
Uh, he's a former vice journalist who is now very concerned about freedom of speech. So he, I mean, he's got a good cause with the freedom of speech thing, but you muddy the water by saying he's a vice journalist. I fucking hate vice <laughs> articles. The the fact that if you go on, because I've been using the All Four app on yeah. PlayStation and Xbox to watch uh, eight out of ten cats that's counting down and various other like Father Ted, yeah. Black Books, all these other old shows, and just you can't go on uh, All Four without seeing transvestite drug dealers sell cocaine across borders to save children like okay vice explain that one <laughs> I, I have no fucking time for their weird bullshit yeah. clickbait journalism but he he left that a while ago and now spends his whole day dealing with the culture war in mm-hmm. a sense and it's weird to see somebody that i actually like you see, see him when he's on with joe and he sounds great he's making great talking points blah blah he was so petulant in the part of the podcast I've listened to so far. I'm only like an hour and a half in. There's mm. another hour and a half to go. And I'm listening to him and I'm like... Is he in the episode with uh, Dorsey? And his, yes. Right. It's a four-way conversation about this because Joe admits his feeling is that he doesn't understand all these cases. Mm. And Jack's feeling was that he doesn't have the details in all those cases. So when he, he says, when Joe says, what I'm telling Jones, why is he off Twitter? Jack goes, I don't know. So he brought on the head of the policy team who yeah. has helped bring forward... She's got data on these cases. She's reviewing them. Well, if she's head of policy, she needs to make sure that yeah. there's compliance. If they are, yeah. if And she's reviewing these cases with them to explain. Yeah. Because that's the thing is these things happen in silence. Yeah. These, these changes like Alex Jones just disappeared from Twitter. And very few, a lot of people who are very controversial just disappear with yeah. very little warning. Remember that's what, that's what happened to Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Then again, he did make a very, very racist, very, very sexist tweet. Well, they actually bring up him and... And he's a cunt at the bargain. <laughs> the, the the thing with like these uh, instances, what they say is, you don't hear about the fact that we have a three-strike system. Hmm. You don't hear about that from these people. You just hear, this person got kicked. It must have been because of X. Hmm. You never hear the fact that we give them warnings beforehand. You never hear about this stuff. And that's where the Twitter side of things is, is that we're trying to learn. And they realise they're fucked. So that's why when an incident happens, like with what happens with Alex Jones, uh, where he's threatening people and he's appearing, like he's live streaming stuff and putting it up on uh, like the, the Twitter thing, they actually just say, we need to deal with you as an issue. Mm. and that's But you never hear the issue out because it's a private company and they're under no obligation to share these things with the public. And it might actually be bad for them legally to share these things with the public, depending on how these things pan out. But there's it's a whole thing. And with... Tim Poole's arguments in that episode, you can see where he's going, like, bigger picture-wise. Mm-hmm. But there's points where you're like, you sound like a petulant child. Like, sit down. <laughs> Calm down. Stop getting really emotional about the fact that you've been harassed on Twitter because everyone who's a celebrity or a big figure or a controversial figure gets harassment on Twitter. Yeah, you can't have any kind of... I really, really yeah. hate using this this uh, statement, but you can't have any kind of influence... I hate the term influencer, but uh, you can't have any kind of influence over any type of me- or any member of the public, fan or you know, a dissenter, without you know catching shit on Twitter. So if you're putting yourself out there in such a degree, you're going to get shit on Twitter. There's no point in saying to the the CEO of Twitter just going, "I'm being harassed." Well, why, why didn't you fix it? Well, why didn't you fix it when it happened? And the, the head of policy is like, "We don't know what's happening. Like we we, we just we're dealing with a hundred million tweets a day." Yeah, there's got to be yeah. There's got to be so many. No, that's their numbers. hundred million, million tweets, tweets a day. Yeah, that's and Twitter staff in total is four thousand people. That's not the staff they have to deal with the the issue of tweets, like the content of tweets. Yeah, that's the total staff. <laughs> the content, like warnings team and stuff like that, is a lot less than that. Charitably, let's put it a hundred. 
plus contracted workers to deal with. Like, if there's an election in India, yeah. they'll hire more people, but like contract the work out to companies in India. Yeah. So they can kind of deal with it as specialists and they'll give them Twitter's kind of hand, like manual training on what to do and stuff. And then they'll let them run it and help the operation and obviously oversee it from their main bases with main like salaried Twitter employees. But after that, like it's it, it's still impossible to contain. A hundred million tweets a day. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's completely unfeasible. Yeah, I think even if you had the the amount of people needed to sift through a hundred million tweets a day, I still think it's a fairly monumental task of yeah. you're going through. It's just all that because again, it'll, the whole point with Twitter is it's the written word. Yeah. You can't, you can't. Uh, a lot of issues with context yeah, and context, stuff like, that. like you can't say oh, it's a sar- an element of sarcasm, but it's it's a fairly monumental task anyway. Yeah, you, but, you could have one superhumanly efficient person, just <laughs> one single person who somehow manages to go through a hundred million tweets a day, and he would still come up with, it seems okay to me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, someone but, only said they'd kill my wife. <laughs> but the 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 fact that Alex Jones is not on a Twitter platform. And the fact that he's not on a Facebook platform, the fact that he's kicked off of everything, I think he apparently has Instagram, and he has his uh, Infowars show. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't that's know. that's a podcast, because th- he was on, what, Fox? Infowars was on Fox? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't I always remember him having a TV show at some point. I, he, he did documentaries and stuff, those might have been broadcast. Hmm. But I don't think he's ever been on mainstream news. Hmm. He wants to be on mainstream news. Yeah. But it's all part of the conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> and the it's, uh, it's big media. But I don't know where to go. Like if he says, "I've got all these documents," my first thing is Joe Rogan would be, "Okay, publish them, put them out there, highlight, yeah. give us like your doc, give us the documents you've got, highlight the bits that you think are important for us to see, put it out there." But I don't know where he would put that out there now. He could put it on an Infowars. Nobody'd fucking believe him. He needs like a WikiLeaks. Some kind of big publishing house to just go, bang! Here you go. Here's everything Alex Jones is talking about, uh, highlighted for you to see. I just went to Google Alex Jones there, but I've got the fucking Welsh lassie that presents the one show on, B- on the BBC. It's not the, f- <laughs> I mean, she's hot. <laughs> it's not the fucking Alex Jones I'm looking for. That's not that. We, I mean, if she was talking about crazy aliens, fine, let's fucking go for it. But I, I, not what we're talking about. If I remember right, she just started hosting the one show before Rick Mail passed away. And oh. she had some pretty nasty opinions about Rick Mail, so fuck her. <laughs> you cannot hate Lord Flashart. I mean, probably pretty easy, because... Yeah. Based on a pretty fucking, like, problematic. <laughs> yeah. Goes, like, if you want to talk about that, if that would happen now, no. No, you'd never you'd never get Lord Flashart. <laughs> if they wanted to do Lord Flashart, he'd have to be transgender, and or gender neutral. Yeah. <laughs> no way you'd be able to do that shit now. But as I've been trying to get towards the fact that it, you shouldn't be afraid of Alex Jones. He's no. not healthy. There's He extrapolates from one point to the fucking moon, which yeah. he probably thinks is fake. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just the back of the sun, bro. <laughs> um, Someone uh, just turned the sun off. Duh. Fucking um, idiots. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest. He's charismatic. He's engaging. You're there. Yeah, you're fucking you paying attention. In. You get drawn in. But the extrapolation is just not... Like, he, he goes too far into, like, he makes guesses that he isn't qualified to make yeah. guesses on and an example of this i think because it restarted it to go for the third time maybe third time i'll finally figure out what the fuck yeah, he's I on about i think because i'm doing a long stretch at uni tomorrow i think i'm going to listen to it again yeah just because it's kind of a slow week for podcasts for me the yeah. one that I, one of my main podcasts i tell them steve dave they don't update regularly because they, they record with one of the guys who is in the impractical jokers 
right. and he's fucking all over the place, so they can never really get a consistent recording basis. So might just go back and listen to it again. But as an example, but five minutes in the actual podcast, they start talking about toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. It's a result of a, it's a disease caused by a parasite that gets in your bloodstream mm. and it messes with your head. Yeah. And that's part of what we'll go into. Alex calls it the brain control worm. Yeah, oh, this is when he starts kind of losing it a bit. He starts going into, uh, there's certain things that the government puts out to try and dumb down things. No, 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 this is way earlier. This is like the warm-up. Uh, this is the pre-game. This is him just winding up. <laughs> um, but he, Alex refers to it as the brain control worm. And Joe reframes it and says, look, it's not a brain control worm. It's a worm that in humans alters your kind of uh, risk assessment. Mm. Like you take more risks. And if you have like cats, you might get it because it, is a, it infects cats and that's where it kind of breeds and stuff like that. Mm. And it's Alex Jones says, half of South America has got this brain control worm. And you're like, no, 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 no. What we're talking about is a study where they found out that places in southern Latin America, at the same time as like the countries that produce uh, higher quality football teams, also have a higher percentage of toxoplasmosis because it makes you more uh, like willing to take risks. As well as a larger number of people who have like bike crashes have mm. toxoplasmosis, you can detect it, and it's like it's one of the things of like correlation does not equal causation. It's a very fundamental yeah. argument. Alex Jones just goes straight to correlation and then finds a source for it. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> and that's part of the issue with him. So I mean, I, I don't understand why people are afraid of him. I get that when he breaks a private company's terms of service, he gets yanked from that site, yeah. such as Twitter, such as Facebook, such as a bunch of other stuff. And when you listen to the lassie from Twitter, can't remember her name. It's really hard to pronounce, and I don't feel like fucking up. When you hear her explain their kind of process for letting go of people or for removing them from the site you get it like, okay i can see why because they go through alex jones case specifically mm-hmm. he does break terms of service three times he does get a warning each time mm-hmm. there's sufficient space for like a kind of cool down period between each one he was just violating terms of service so he would have been kicked off the platform yeah so it's with the whole thing and it just it conveniently ties in that we're getting Jack Dorsey back on with a fuller explanation of things that have happened at the same time as we're kind of coming down from the Alex Jones thing, because it's been about a week, I think, and it's been a long fucking week. Yeah. But I mean, I think we're starting to put together the pieces, and I'd, I'd recommend it if you want to listen to four and a half hours of, like, the weirdest fucking podcast of all yeah. time. Uh, well, so once you're done with us, our theater podcast, go listen to that four and a half hour podcast. Yeah. So. Just, just make a day of it. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> but I think the one, if I had to give anyone a piece of advice going into the going into the episode, is that none of what Alex Jones says is truth. He will talk about five uh, G, which is the new type of mobile internet that they're talking about. Yes. Right now, he claims that this is a way of uh, was it? Affecting? It vibrates apart your DNA, making you less likely to want to have kids. And makes you less likely to or controls your behavior as well. Yeah, it, because apparently yeah, another CIA method experimented of, with yeah, that. It's another method of the government trying to control or get rid of the undesirables, that kind of thing. Again, that's all bullshit. That's just five yeah. G exists so that you can get better speeds on your mobile. Yeah. That is fucking it. Yeah. There was something else he talks about. That there's another way that they were they introduce a certain type of chemical that prevents people in low income. No, I'm 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 combining two different things again. Never mind. <laughs> uh, 
I was reading up on another case about how KFC was apparently killing a uh, people that lived in low-income areas. I was like, how can you possibly quantify that? Like, you, you can say that by eating KFC as part of a low-income area. No, this was saying it's apparently they put a chemical in it that's specifically targeted people in low-income areas. How? How? <laughs> I mean, you targeted the special by putting it in a KFC as opposed to yeah. a good place to eat. But I know people that make in the six digits in terms of salary a year yeah. who eat KFC. So they're not exactly low income. Yeah. I don't know. It was fucking weird. But it was definitely not Alex Jones. But he talks about all these different things. Just remember one thing, that it is not true. And if you think it is true, read. He has a very warped perception of reality. Yeah, I think warped is a very tender way of putting it. <laughs> I'm trying to be tender here because yeah. I just... I, He's not a well man. <laughs> evidently. I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's clearly one... One man's perception who's just... It's been warped by... In fact, I was going to say misinformation, but yeah, it is. I wasn't going to say misinformation, but it is. It's misinterpretation. Misinterpretation. And it's just... Say it from the start, Dom. I, I kind of hiccuped all the way through. Yeah, misinterpretation of information. Yeah, it's just misinterpretation of information. It's Faster. There's no way you can take something, because Dresden... There's no way you could say, oh, that happened in 1940. No, that happened at the end of the war. That was very retaliatory on our behalf. 1945, we we, we knew it was happening. We yeah. still question whether or not it was the right thing to do. Yeah. But I guarantee if you look at enough papers, you'll find out that there's uh, information that those raids took place in 1945, yep. not 1940. And that's one of those like, little clues that's left out the episode that shows you something is not right. Yeah, something definitely. Nothing to be afraid of. At this point, I would liken Alex Jones to the angry, embittered old man that's just shouting at the top of his lungs because he wants to get someone to listen to him. Yeah. I just don't think he... I don't think he even cares about the message that he's sending. He just cares that someone is listening to the message. And he does it to sell products. Yeah. He he's, does it to get hits on Infowars. No, he, he has a, a, a store where he sells products. Not seeing it, there's a John Oliver segment. Uh, that went through, they really went to an Alex Jones a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They just, before it was popular, they were fucking railing him. Uh, mostly because he has the ear of the president, or he did at one point. Uh, Trump appeared on Infowars uh, as a presidential candidate. All right. <laughs> or actually, I think he might have been president-elect at the time. I'm not, not entirely sure about this one. But he had the ear of yeah, the president. It, it does sound like something that he wouldn't do as POTUS. Mm. It sounds like something he would do when he's just quiet about that. But... They found out that if you look at what Alex Jones is selling, because he's selling uh, fluoride filters in the waters, uh, which is weird because you think, wait, as Brits, we've been inhaling fluoride for years. Yeah. Um, and I don't see any of us being any weirder than we usually would have been. Um, and like all these like stimulants, like he is the male vitality booster. It's just ginseng. <laughs> it's ginseng. <laughs> it's just a couple of other ingredients, but if you look at what he's doing, he's selling essential products for free living that are basic products. He's just selling them at three times the, the cost. Yeah. It's like the vitamin thing. People just say, oh, you need this vitamin to help your bones. Like, Or you could take half of what you're paying for this super vitamin that you're just going to piss out, buy some cod liver oil. That's the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. And it's, it's as we say, he's charismatic. He's a hell of a salesman. you got to ask yourself, though, is he a con man? Yeah, is he, is he selling the truth or is he selling some snake oil? You need to, by all means, listen to the episode, but read into it. Don't just yeah. take it as fact. If you're if there's even the slightest 
thought in your brain that's making you believe that this is true, do some research. Because, I say, he's very good at putting little nuggets adrift. That Chimera thing he was talking about. Yeah, with the, the babies. I remember reading those articles as well. I remember uh, about 10, 15 years ago, reading in a newspaper saying that the British uh, scientists were and French scientists were experimenting with human cow hybrids. For some reason, they waited to do it. The article didn't go into explanation. I'm pretty sure it was in the sun, but <laughs> not exactly the wealth of scientific yeah. knowledge. Yeah, it's, but, it's not exactly the yeah. It's not exactly the national library in terms of information. Yeah, but they they were saying that there are experiments going on now with human animal hybrids, and that there were questions about the legality because you're then technically interfering with genes and human babies, and you know. Yeah. Is what we're doing ethical, and I don't know if they shut that down, but I do remember seeing discussions about human animal hybrids. And yeah. I vaguely remember something along those lines, but it's not some, it's probably something that I read and just thought, men in black bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a thing of like when you look at it now, if you ever see those uh, like articles on like websites saying they found an animal that has this property, oh, it's an animal that like can help, uh, like shark. Uh, like sharks have a, a great immune system. Mm. Sharks almost never get sick. Like you need to do something really fucking bad to get a shark ill. And like talking about how the shark's immune system might be genetic and how it has these certain things. Regenerative tissues are a good example. Yeah, I remember the cancer research. They had a video, or not? They had a a video put out or an advert put out, and it was all about uh, trying to reduce the risk of heart disease. And, and they specifically said that there was a certain type of fish that they were putting their research into. Mm. But at the same time. How do you think we're going to get those properties in human beings? These properties we want yeah. for longer lives, for healthier lives, for better quality of life. It will involve some level of gene splicing or some level of gene manipulation, mm. some level of like interference with our makeup and our DNA. And it will involve the creation of what might be considered a human-animal hybrid. So yeah, if somebody says they're experimenting with these ideas, how else are they going to do it? Yeah. So yeah, that's about as far as I want to go now, Alex Jones. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Because when he... Originally, I thought, right, Alex Jones, he says some pretty out there things. I thought this was all going to be presidential, all political, all uh, like sort of very current affairy. But yeah. then when he starts talking about um, how they, they took babies that were still alive, but under, are still alive, that they ended up paying off the parents or something like that. Oh, he misquoted the fuck out of that one. You can see him being caught in his own lie within five minutes. Yeah, when they start playing the clip. Yeah, he says, yeah, the governor... The accent. That voice is just... That's like, creepy. That's him just taking it way... Too, like, yeah. That's why nobody's ever taking him seriously. Yeah. but and even Joe Rogan says, you need to stop. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking freaky. Fuck down. Um, and it's... I, I think that's the thing is, I don't think anyone's ever told Alex Jones to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Like, literally with those words, Alex, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I genuinely think people are afraid of him because he's a big dude. He's yeah. a very angry dude. I genuinely think people see him and just go, "If I tell this guy to shut up, punches are going to start flying." Yeah, but uh, the, like, you can see him being caught in his own lie about the the babies thing. Just puts a pin in that that conversation. Yeah. Speaking of putting pins in conversations, I think we're done with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm done talking about <laughs> Alex Jones. I will, like I said, I'll listen to the episode tomorrow mm. and. I'll probably text you and say, dude, I missed this. What the fuck was that? <laughs> He's talking about dead ba- dead babies and how they were made into shoes. What the fuck is this? <laughs> dude, you got to get those new Nikes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you seen, seen the new Nike Air dead babies? <laughs> I want to talk to you about Nike shoes. Not about Nike dead babies, but after we take a quick break here. Okay. Right, and we're back. And I just wanted to quickly talk about a thing that happened at um, a college basketball game okay. a couple of weeks ago. We just missed it. I think it happened again, like the day after we finished recording the last episode. 
and it was a college or college basketball player, top one. Like he's going to be drafted ASAP to the yeah, best. He, he's team making with it the most professionals. Money. Uh, he exploded his shoe. He expl- as his shoe exploded. Pretty much. Uh, he's fucking hell. But it's another. He is six foot four, two sixty pounds. So that's dude, big. Big. It's pretty big. Um, and he's big and built and all that. It's like he's a professional basketball player in in the making. So you can like he's it's all muscle, and it's all force. And at the start of the game, he was uh just getting started. He, I don't think he was in the, the tip. I think he was just like he started to run. He like turned and started pushing, and his shoe like his foot slid out. Which is that's the the bottom of the shoe. That's where his foot is. <laughs> Just separated. Split snaff. Jesus. <laughs> and his, like, you see him like fall over and he goes, oh my God, what just happened? Because that's a multi-million dollar investment on the floor going, oh my God, my foot. Yeah. And it's because his shoe was basically just badly manufactured. Right. So no actual injury, just shitty made I think shoes. He, I think he rolled his ankle, but yeah. and he'll be out for a couple of games. But that happened to me two weeks ago. That shit hurts. <laughs> he, um, he is, like, he's now on recovery. He'll be fine. But I was he, up and going in a week, pussy. His uh, his foot exploded out of his shoe, and guess how big a hit Nike took? How how big? One billion dollars off the stock. A billion? Yes. Would the be shit the bed? Yeah. So I, mean, I know there's certain companies, particularly tech companies, that mm-hmm. could stand to lose significant amount of uh, stock price because of you know shitty products. Or, yeah. I mean, I technically could force Microsoft to lose quite a bit of stock price if I say, oh, I've had my Xbox for three years and all of a sudden the D-pad doesn't work any- or my controller doesn't work anymore. The D-pad doesn't work. That's not good. It's all to do with, I don't think it's fair to say, or I don't think it's fair to somehow drop their stock price that much when it's from one badly manufactured shoe. Well, the thing is, he's, he's, he's a national like, everyone in the nation is watching him. And yeah. when everybody sees his Nike shoe explode. Everybody goes, I don't want to be associated with this. Yeah, that's public. Uh, it's fairly public. Taking my money back now. Yeah. yeah. Don't remind me just taking away just my money. Goodbye. My money. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was impressive to see like one kid falls over and a billion dollars disappears. Yeah. And they made it back. They're back to normal. Yeah, yeah everything's been handled. Nike was going to what, take a hit for about a week. <laughs> Maybe even a week. I think it didn't even last 24 hours. Yeah. It's damn good PR, but I mean like still... Wow, like yeah. one kid falls over a billion dollars disappears. Yeah, and the fact that you said, what, 24 hours? That's mm-hmm. both, it's scary in the fact that they lost that amount of money in a day, but it's also kind of, it's pretty cool to think that they made that money back within a day as well. It's just correction. It's just the, the, the trust in the brand went back up again when they, they handled the situation. Yeah, and it's a good way to handle it. If, just, I suppose if it's a billion dollars, it's not something you can really just go, eh, we can we can take the hit. Just, no, we need to get this, get this fucker back. Just it, fuck it. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll get back. But yeah, you, uh, you, yeah, uh, in the break, I, you want to do a, a PSA. I have a, it's not really, it's more of a, a plea or a, a request for myself to the good people of, or to the concerned parties from YouTube, to the concerned parties who are posting these things on Twitter. This all stems from the announcement of the new Pokemon games, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Right. Uh, a lot of people are saying they look really good, and the big things it's meant to be based on the UK. Kind of looking forward to that. I'm I'm probably going to get back into it just because oh. I've played other games. And it's not for me anymore, but the fact that it's based in the UK and it looks really cool and it's on Switch, I might pick it up just to see what it's like. But one thing people have noticed is the male character 
it, people, he looks quite looks quite English. The female character looks very very Scottish. Yes, and everyone is taking Scottish tweets and Scottish memes and putting them on her. <laughs> and people are taking to YouTube and uh, Twitter to put voices to these uh, yeah these uh, memes and these phrases and stuff. But none of them are fucking Scottish. I retweeted the one that I found that's Scottish. What one? Because uh, there was one that I seen. It was from. I think it might have incidentally been the one that you posted. She was not Scottish. If it was the one that you retweeted, that woman is not Scottish. If it's the one about XP share, mm, don't think so. All right, there's one I've got like a minute long clip from Pokemon. Uh, hold on, I'll find out which uh, one it is. There was definitely one that someone uh, retweeted, and it was a. Uh, at one point, she says, "I think the tweet is something like, oh, it's the original tweet was, or the original Scottish tweet was, oh, it's good to see why the people say, oh, your kids are getting big. And it's, it's not like people are going to say, I'm modern, but the kids are getting big. They're on the protein shakes or something. They've taken that, but they've changed it to, a, you know, Pokemon standards. Like, but the person that's voicing it puts on the shittest, thickest fake Scottish accent I've ever heard. I mean, I've heard no Scottish accent or Scottish person in the world say couldn't. <laughs> and I know people from Aberdeen. They never say "kunt." They don't speak our language. And no one says "share." Like "share." That's how you say the word "share" in a Scottish accent. No, the one I found was original. Uh, the one I retweeted was uh, Chris Scullion. Uh, I've seen some terrible Scottish accents doing the rounds as English and American folk try to make hilarious Pokemon sword and shield memes. Your man Scullion. Your man Scullion's decided to show you how Scottish Pokemon should be done. Contains swearing because Glasgow accept no imitations, and the video in the bottom right corner has tired old hack. Yeah, that, no, that's what I've seen. It's it's uh, that's the, the main one. character from the anime and someone else who's actually fucking Scottish. I think that's Pokemon Sun and Moon, if I'm not mistaken. The anime for that, by the way, apparently it's supposed to be pretty good because it's very current, like looking at the, the style of animation. But it's um, it, that's that's a good one. Admittedly, the mics are a bit meh, but at the same time, like that was probably cranked out in like five minutes. Is a good one. It's a good like abridging of stuff, and just having like chain smoker Pikachu was just fucking brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, there's some of them that work, but every single person that says I'm going to do that, I can do a good, a good yeah. Scottish accent. You can't do a good Scottish accent. I'm please, sorry, Americans, but it doesn't work. Please stop it. And it, it's starting. To, it's not even just for the Pokemon advert. I am a huge fan of the Valley Folk, which is former source-fed hosts that have now doing their own thing. And one of them, one of their videos, is, or one of their one of the sort of things that they do is they take uh, sort of movie quotes and quotes from serial killers and do them on helium. Right. And one of the hosts, uh, Lee Newton, who I've kind of just... It used to be funny as hell, but now she's just trying way too hard. Yeah. Now she's trying to out-funny everybody else and she's... Most of her content can be boiled into, excuse me, I'm a woman. Right. That was funny back in SourceFed. Yeah. You've been doing that shtick for about eight years now. <laughs> Find yeah. something new. You'll notice that with these breakups, these big media companies, yeah. you'll notice that once those guys who were talented and are very appreciated by the community, once they've got to kind of go fend for themselves, the try-hard level jumps. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, because uh, it's, it's four people, Elliot Morgan, Steve Zaragoza, uh, Joe Beretta, and uh, Lee Newton. Yeah. Lee Newton and Joe Beretta, their try-hard levels are just way the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, Joe Beretta was always known for his kind of physical comedy. There was nothing he wouldn't do. He would throw himself against the wall if he thought he would get a laugh. Now he's just... It looks like he needs Ritalin or something because he's that active. You'll see him like moving his arms and legs and something in every video because they do a sort of a daily video called Your Show. 
yeah. which they take answers they take questions from patreons do answers maybe a bit of sketch work or something in there but joe Britt is always sitting on the couch twitching away because people like him for his physical comedy the only two people that have kind of stayed the same are steve and elliot because elliot's a stand-up comedian he knows what's funny and steve he does com- he does stand-up as well so they know what's funny yeah but the other two are just kind of i'm gonna be i'm gonna try and be funny i'm gonna try and just be this try hard and it only gets worse when there's another female that they bring in for the video because then Lee tries to out-cute the other female. Yeah. Like, it's Those just, can get kind of... Like, it gets really cringy as well. It does get really cringy. And the fact is, you can tell she's trying too hard. She's like, I'm going to be a woman. Oh, I'm going to dye my hair pink and I'm going to wear t-shirts that say, nevertheless, she persisted or strong female character. Mm-hmm. While ironic, she's kind of desperate. <laughs> but anyway, getting well, back to my... I was going to say, what was your... How did getting back to the original point, yeah. uh, she, she was reading a quote from... Is it The Rock? The movie The Rock, All right, which okay. has Sean Connery in it. And at one point he says, losers don't stay here and die. Losers go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> but she says, losers don't go home and die. Losers go home and fuck the prom queen. What Scottish fucking person sounds like that? There's so, no A in queen. Uh, there's no queen. <laughs> queen. There's two E's. <laughs> yeah. So to the people of America and anyone who's not Scottish doing a Scottish accent, fucking stop. I mean, it was funny the first couple of weeks, but right. we have a, the game hasn't even been released yet. Yeah, let's get to like the promotional things. We'll do the voiceover. Yeah, we'll take care yeah, of it. I'll, I'll be fine. I've got the microphone sitting right there. Yeah, with we'll do it. I mean, sound what, quality. What is we'll it just a couple, of, a couple of sound bites. We'll fucking get that shit knocked out. We can knock that one out in five minutes. Yeah. Trust me, we'll take care of it. Thanks for trying. Yeah, the attempt is appreciated. You didn't nail it. Yeah, GG's in the chat. GG's in the chat. But you ran into the wall screaming re. Yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. This was not a top 10 plays. No, you're not it, making it, it not, there. You're making fails of the week, not top 10 plays. Yes. Uh, it's annoying. Just I was, I was interested because you said, uh, when you came back, you're like, I need to talk about something. And it's kind of cultural appropriation. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I hate the are term. Are we cult- taking the stance on that one? I feel like we, we're the ones who are like, no, it's called sharing. No, Assholes. I'm always at the stance that it's sharing. Yeah. And I, I will never do accents because I can't do them. I used yeah. to be able to do accents, but then my voice broke. Yeah. I used to be able to do some voices and shit. I used to be able to do the Vegeta voice from a uh, TFS Abridged or Team Four Stars Abridged. Yeah. And I can't do it anymore because I used to be able to do Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie as well, yeah. that kind of dumb voice. Voice broke, can't do them anymore. But Here's the thing no one tells you about your being a guy in your voice. Nobody tells you your voice breaks again. Yeah. Your voice like drops an octave when you like your balls drop. And then later on, once you get to like 18 to 20, it shifts down again. Yeah. Like, there's that late 20s kind of drop again, like, more bass comes into it. Maybe it's just us, maybe because we're, we're working out more, we've got bigger yeah, chest, we've got lungs, we've got, you we just sound different from what we did. Yeah. But I did not sound like this when I was no, no, 18. No. I went from, because I always remember, uh, particularly my aunties, they would always say, your voice is, it's weird, because I used to have a very kind of, like, yeah. a, a little boy's voice, a little, yeah. like, kind of high-pitched voice then. I, I kind of, my voice broke quite early, I was like 15 yeah then just all of a sudden this bassy voice came out then it happened again and it got quite noticed because obviously family members would just go it's scary knowing you child to now yeah terrifying (laughs) the difference in your voice well is the we got quite lucky with this and we both did i was told constantly your voice breaking might take a while you might be stuck for a couple weeks oh mine was two days well it was was instant it was also like you woke up when you're hello (laughs) Oh, no, shit. no, actually, I tell you, it wasn't even fucking two days. It was a day, if even, but it didn't happen in a case of, oh, my voice is breaking. It feels weird. It just happened where I, I used to go, there was a youth club uh, down in Bowness that we always used to go to, not the one that was at the church, the other one that was in the kind of old Haggard building across from the police station. Yeah. I Don't worry, to, though, it was a nice place. It was a really <laughs> nice place, but it was just 
the we rented it. Yeah. The owner just fucking let it go to shit. Right. But um, it, obviously it was run by another church, so every Thursday we would do Bible study, and mm-hmm. we would at the end of it would just be, and now we're going to ask Dom to read a passage. I remember reading it, and then that was the minute my voice dropped because <laughs> it was it was the I remember because it was the the loaves and the fishes, and then uh, I think the. the Obviously, I'm not religious anymore, so I can't fucking remember. It, but I think, <laughs> and Jesus brought the loaves. <laughs> and it was, it was, case, it was the case of, and my voice. <laughs> it, was like, it was something like, and the Lord said, "Let there be a feast." <laughs> then people like, I can remember uh, one of the leaders there, uh, fucking funny as hell last year. She just turned to me and went, "Are oh, you can drop the voice now?" I went, "I think this is me now. <laughs> I can't get rid of it." And then I got the whole oh. Then minutes later, like that's kind of strange because I didn't look. I think that was before I started aging. Before I actually aged, yeah, because I look older than I do, older than I physically am. But I looked much younger than I, I always had that kind of baby face, and it just I had this level, almost this level of voice, yeah, coming out of a little baby face, fifteen year old. Like, <laughs> it doesn't match up. It was like the bit in Scrubs when it's just like, oh, do you want to come see this kid? He's twelve years old, but he has the the voice of a twenty five year old man. Like, and it's like a soprano singer or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah it was a brilliant joke. I love that. <laughs> It's just like, oh, hello. I think uh, Laverne goes up to the little boy and says, hello, little boy, you lost. He goes, oh, I, do, I heard you had lollipops. I want a red one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you never see the kid's face. You, never see you the just kid's see face. the kid walking up with like a balloon in jail. Uh, he's holding <laughs> one of the other doctor's hands. He's got a balloon in the other hand. He's just, I heard you had lollipops. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, <laughs> take him. I, um, I, I had another little PSA I want to I drop in there at the uh, end of that. Can, as I, well. can I rag on? Get that bleep button ready because I want to rag on again. <laughs> I guess I'm getting the bleep button ready. <laughs> yes. Okay, Dom, yeah. please rant about bleep. Yeah, I'll, I'll rag on those fuckers again. <laughs> uh, this time it's with the physical stores. All right. I went into the one of the stores in Edinburgh because that's where I am 80% of my time now. Uh, and I found a fairly, fairly hard to come by game for a really good price. I picked it up. I went over the counter, as you do with a retail transaction, put it down the counter. And the, uh, the, the clerk spent about a good, you know, minute, minute and a half spooling through all the different things and he couldn't find it. And he turned to me and said, I'm really sorry, I can't find the game. And I said, try looking under A for the, the game title. No, G, it's also in the game title, but can't find it. So he says, oh, hold on, I'll go and get, I'll go and get uh, one of my one of my colleagues and we'll look for it. And again, about another minute, two minutes goes past. And I say, well, we've got one in store. I'll go and get the manager. So he goes back and goes, and goes to get the manager. And he does a log. He does his own sort of private search using the like company's uh, like online logging system. Looks up again. He still can't find it. So again, all three of them, manager included, spend about a good additional three minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's about in total about ten minutes worth of time. So they look through it. Manager goes to the back. He scours all the the stock back there. He comes back through. He taps the two of them on the shoulder and says, "Yeah, just put it all back. I, he's, I can't waste any more time on this. Put it, put it all back." I'll go and talk to the customer. So those two go into the back or into the back room, and the manager just says to me, "Sorry, I can't waste any more time trying to find this game. We've clearly not got it in store. I just, I can't, I'm not going to devote any more time to it." And I went, "Well, you have it in store. You've told me that you have one in store, and I have the box here, and it doesn't say display or anything on it. You clearly have it in here." And all I said was, "Don't know what you want me to do, mate. We just don't have it." <laughs> I just kind of went, "You clearly fucking do have it." <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have it out in store. And I think as I left the place, I went, fuck it, I'm going to CEX. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing is, um, we talked about this before the podcast started, because uh, you, you let me know some of these things, like you just try to have something to say when you... Yeah, just so you, you have a response, because there's nothing worse than just, yeah, cool. 
and the, the sale was 20 quid. Yeah, 20 pounds. I, I was doing rough math. I said, look, let's assume two quid to store the game on site or get it here from a facility. And then let's assume each employee that's involved, all three of them are getting paid an average of about six quid an hour. Yeah. That's kind of low, but it's probably about what a yeah, retail store employees were getting paid, especially if they're part time. Yeah. And I was like, sounds like about 15 minutes to spend in this. Yeah. Assuming it was maybe on average two of them involved in this, it's a half an hour worth of time. You're still probably going to make a bit of a profit. Yeah, you're still going to, because I think you're spending six pounds, you're getting, say, six pounds an hour. We'll take that as red. Ten minutes of that has passed. Yeah. You're barely earning, what, 60 pence? Like, in total, <laughs> you've probably lost about. Pound eighty, <laughs> maybe yeah. a pound, pound twenty, for each person. You're not losing any money by refusing yeah. to sell me. It's just it's poor customer service. And that, that this is where this is interesting because how did you retaliate against this company? Who you can just name because I'm gonna have to bleep shit anyway. Oh, I, I retaliated against uh, by pulling every single pre-order that I had with them on store. <laughs> or, or on the website, I had Devil May Cry five pre-ordered. I had Mortal Kombat eleven pre-ordered. Uh, after the Kingdom Hearts three debacle, I was gonna cancel my pre-orders, but the fact is, on Amazon, they tried. You know, they tried. They got they, apart from having shoddy customer service there, uh, they did they did try and get it out. I did get some kind of resolution to it, but um, the only reason I was pre-ordering Devil May Cry five and Mortal Kombat eleven is because I couldn't find any kind of special editions or pre-order bonuses on Amazon. But then after checking Amazon, because Amazon are always quite late to put up their listings mm. in terms of games coming out. This, whereas game stores, because they're specific game stores, they get their listings early. Saying, yeah. buy this game, you get Shao Kahn early. You get uh, different sort of robotic arms for Nero and Devil May Cry. They never had any of that in uh, Amazon until about three weeks ago. So when I pre-ordered it, it was all there. And then when I went on Amazon, I seen Mortal Kombat 11 Premium Edition, Shao Kahn DLC, Beta Access... Eight new characters, a steelbook. All that good stuff. All the good stuff. Fucking pre-ordered that. Same price. Boom. And it's prime, so I get it on the day. Devil May Cry 5. I was going to say Devil May Cry 4, but I've already got that. Uh, Devil May Cry 5. Didn't get the steelbook, but to be fair, I wasn't really bothered about the steelbook. I wasn't really bothered about the additional DLC. Uh, robot Arms, because it's not that great. I'll probably buy the DLC for cheap anyway when it comes out. Yeah. But he did get five uh, character costumes. I thought that's better than pishy wee arms that I'm not going to use much. Yeah. It's the fact that in the in-game, Nero's arms can break. They're not permanent. So yeah. they can cycle through. It's kind of like ammunition. I was watching the, the Jim Stell interview yeah. before you came in and I was like, it was talking about like breaking your own arm for stuff and I'm like, that's Yeah, weird. that's a really good move in the yeah. game because through the demo, if an enemy's got you in a kind of grapple hold, you just basically punch them in the head with your arm, snap it off and it explodes. But because you can just replace the arm, yeah. Works pretty well. See when you say replace the arm, does it grow out of the stump, or do you have to like? No, there's like a the little mechanism, into... right? Okay. That he just because he's got a belt with all the different arms on it. Ah, uh, I was gonna so say if one <laughs> if he if he uses one up or one breaks, he can just kind of click it down. And he's got another arm to use. I just remember what the hell was it? Um, I think it might have been Resident Evil, and they've got like the auto loading like clips or something like that. Like she just like drops a clip out of a gun and just slaps the gun like out her back. And pulls that new thing, just that, but with an arm. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which thing it is. I don't think it's Resident Evil, because at no point in Resident Evil do you have automatic reload. No, I mean the the movie. All oh, right, yeah, it could be. I haven't yeah. seen any Resident Evil movie since was it Nemesis, the second one. Yeah, which it done my. That was done, a reasonable place to stop, sir. It done Joe Valentine wrong because Joe Valentine's meant to be a fucking badass. She, she takes <laughs> a back seat to Paul W S Anderson's wife. <laughs> 
fucking monster hunter, son of a bitch. Well, let's not get started on that. But yeah. I, I cancelled my pre-orders with so now that went my account on that site is just completely barren. Yeah. Except for the orders that have already been fulfilled and my Amazon account is now, you know, looking okay. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, I think I'm now completely done with them. They've, there's been enough burnt bridges. Just yeah. Fuck them. I have no interest in them. Unless they have an extremely tasty... um Exclusive. Exclusive special edition or they have an extremely cheap exclusive... Nah. Fuck them. No. Amazon's just such a better service. And people wonder why the high street's dying. Yeah, it's because people can't be fucked dealing with other people anymore yeah it's just fuck it it's not the way even if i was the worst customer you still need to treat them a certain way and i wasn't i wasn't unpleasant until the manager responded to me you gotta remember that the worst customer though <laughs> like responding to the worst customer with a bit of like grace and dignity does not always work because the worst customer can shit on the floor yeah the worst customer can pull a Andy Murnard and shit on his... Oh, you've <laughs> never seen The Office. I'm just naming fucking characters. You don't know. In The Office, the the US remake, to get fired yeah. from his job, uh, the character Andy Bernard uh, takes shit on the boss's... The, the bonnet of the boss's car. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show. I'm, I'm actually... Yeah, see that season one is actually on Amazon. So like All nine dick. seasons. All of them are on all Amazon. And I was like... <sighs> I've got those apps. I could watch that. I could just sit and just binge oh, it's it all. It's so easy to watch as well. You just put it on yeah. in the background because it's your typical documentary thing or your typical mockumentary thing. Yeah. Not a lot that needs your attention is going to happen. Yeah. If there's going to be jokes or something, or basically anytime Steve Carell's on the screen, you're like, okay, this needs my attention. Then back to what I was doing before. Yeah. Because I've burned through so many Switch games watching <laughs> watching The Office. Well, I can do that. I'll, I'll get a second. I'll get a screen up and just watch those. Yeah. And just burn through some games. Yeah, I actually need a new show to watch because I finished finished watching The Office. I've no time to rewatch Parks and Recreation. I think when the next show that I'm going to is that good? Watch, Parks and Rec really good. Oh, okay, but it, the early seasons are exhausting. Right, it's like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Early seasons are hard to get through, but if you do get through, you get good season three and four and five. Okay, but I think there was only six seasons of Parks and Rec because Chris Pratt was harder and harder to get a hold of. And mm. he was kind of the main selling point. And he was getting a little bit busy at the time. Yeah, he was getting a little bit busy. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good show. I'd highly recommend it. It's um, un- basically another office type mockumentary. Yeah. Where they're going through interviewing the different things, but except take Steve Carell, replace him with Amy Poehler. And you pretty much got it, but except Amy Poehler is actually likable. Yeah. If you're watching it, because again, probably think the same way as me, you will get pissed off with Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, 90% of the time that he's on screen. Because he's just one of those has to be fucking involved in everything type of busybodies, right. and that's the that's the brilliant thing about his character. That's what he's meant to be. Yeah, he's meant to be that kind of over-involved boss, overbearing, micromanaging dickhead yeah. that you're like, could you please just give me five? Yeah, but that's that's the thing his character, and he is fucking hysterically funny. So I think the next show that I might actually be watching is Community. Ooh, because nice. someone linked me the paintball scene, and I just thought that just looks fun, like Chevy Chase, yeah. uh, Alison Brie, uh, fucking. Donald Glover. Yeah. It's probably probably a good time. Do you want it, do you want the DVDs? Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime and HD. So if it's not, give me a shout, you can have them. Sweet. I'll um, keep that in mind. If it's not on Amazon Prime, it'll probably be on all four. Yeah. I'm HD. I'm watching uh, Brooklyn nine nine, which is my community replacement now that that's kind yeah, of ship has sailed. Cannot get into Brooklyn nine nine. I love those first five seasons. Season six is testing my shit. Really? Yeah, is I don't know what it season? is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the one where they change from Fox to NBC. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but there's just something I don't like about it. 
and I'm talking about this with a friend who was big into community, was forcing me to watch Parks and Rec, and I just kept kind of fobbing it off. Huge fan of that type of comedy, and just neither of us just enjoy ourselves the way we did with those first five seasons. I have no idea why. The thing that stopped me getting into the show was, um, I'm not going to lie, Andy Samberg. I do not find him funny. All right. Which is a shame because you've got Terry Crews who's funny as hell, Chelsea Peretti who's funny as fuck, and you've got other characters in it like the chief, uh, Andre Bauer, I think his yeah. name is. Andre Bauer. Andre Bauer. Uh, who, by the way, has joined social media and is just fucking wrecking the place. Yeah. He, he looks like the... Because he's very stone-faced in the show from what I remember. He's so stoic, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's, it's funny as hell. He's just dropping dry one-liners. Yeah, and it's uh, if you think he's dropping dry one-liners, wait until you meet his husband. Because holy shit, that guy is like... It's the bitchiest dry humour you've ever heard, and it's perfect. It yeah. just It's so counter to Jake just being an idiot. It's Andy Samberg's character. It's yeah. just like... Jake's being idiot, and you just have like the stern voice of discipline coming in and just karate chopping right through all the bullshit. Yeah, that's it's amazing. That's, that's why I couldn't get in it. I just could not sanction more Andy Sandberg buffoonery. Just nah, I can't do it. He's not the reason to watch the show. And I want to just tell you that other like yes, he's the main character. Mm. Other characters get enough screen time to justify right. him running and being a dick and that being funny in its own way. And then other characters have these other moments that are genuinely hilarious. Like Terry Crews has a lot of great moments. Hmm. Um, his name, Joe Triple... Oh, what's his name? Plays Boyle. Charles Boyle is hilarious. Right. Watching I him just running and being you're talking about because he plays a similar character in Paul, the movie with um, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. Yeah. The fuck's that guy's name? I know Sigourney Weaver's in it. The character that he plays in Paul is uh, Lorenzo Zoyle. Right. A player in the movie Lorenzo Zoyle. Um, what the fuck's his name? <laughs> Joe Triglione or something like that. No, it's not. Because Bill Hader's in it as well. Bill Hader's another fucking funny guy. <laughs> if he ever show, if he ever does anything in Scotland, they're going to be front and centre of the... No, I'm genuinely... I, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. No, fuck it, it doesn't matter. But uh, he plays... Joe he? Triglio. Joe Triglio. Yes, aye, that, that does. Right, but I'm trying to remember who the... The other guy is, the guy that plays the... One of the other main characters in Paul, but it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You're seeing this guy, uh, George Trugalio. Is he... He is just this weird... It's almost like he's a minion in a weird way. Like, he he's tri- he, lo- he loves Jake in a weird way. And it's like, I want to be like you. I idolise you. And he's just such an incompetent idiot. But at the same time, like, his own weird brand of comedy just, like, showing up in ruining moments. It's at the point now where there's, like, we're in the season six and all the relationships are forming. Like, there's a romantic relationship... He just is trying to fuck up everything. Almost like he's trying to fuck up some stuff, but he is just accidentally just fucking up so much shit. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> just watching this little weird, chaotic monster run through a, a carefully crafted scene just doing random crap that just sets off like fireworks. Jason explodes. fucking Bateman, that's his name. Jason Bateman. <laughs> he was in Paul. He played this sort of agent character. So I remember Ed, uh, Dr. Galileo's character. Yeah, Phil. And Bill Hitt. But I hear... Uh, uh, Joe Truglio and Bill Hader have I, to report to. I know him from Arrested Development, that's what it is. I haven't seen Arrested Development. Mm. In fact, no, yes, I fucking have. Yes, I have yes. seen Arrested Development. Michael Sarah. That's why I didn't make it all the way through, because Michael Sarah <laughs> is an annoying motherfucker. It just. Uh, he's. He's. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Just. I can't. <laughs> the only way that show, like, the, again, another show that, like, came Larry back from that as well. Right? No. Larry David wrote it. 
Why did you not do that? Why did you not do that? I think I might be having a mental breakdown on the microphone. <laughs> Just got a call. Larry Davidson there? No. Yes. <laughs> no? Yes. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> no, but also yes. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I, I enjoy the rest of it. Like, again, like those, like the first couple of seasons are gold. And then you get to the later seasons, you're like, how did you fuck this up? I mean, there was a season that was mis-edited. Where they had, they tried to do something where Jeffrey you, Tambor. How the fuck? I'm Jeff- just confusing fuckers all over the place just now. Jeffrey Tambor. How did Larry they confuse David? him with Larry David? They could be more. I'm actually trying to think of how they could be further apart <laughs> without someone being a different race. Those are oh as close different as you can get. I swear, Chris, if they're both, they're, I'm pretty sure if Jeffrey Tambor is Jewish, you can. I, I think me. he is. I'm pretty sure he is. Old Jewish dudes. R <laughs> slash old Jewish dudes. Oh, please don't let that be a subreddit. You know that was a fucking subreddit. It fucking is a subreddit. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, God. But the, I, like, again, like you start off with a great season and then the mis-editing of season four uh, where they tried to show basically almost like a, a, a couple of weeks but each episode was a different character's perspective mm. and you would have different overlap. It was only There was only one funny joke in there that worked and that was just like uh, Will Arnett's character like driving a limo at like 100 miles an hour over a highway that you see in the background of another shot. That's it. That's the only funny thing that happened with that weird editing style. Apparently they tried to re-edit it to make it work. It didn't. Didn't work at all. But that was them trying to edit around the fact that they had, uh, like, different cast members were unavailable. Yeah, so they, they just tried to shoot it out of sequence. Hmm. It did not work. I can imagine why it went. It always bugs me when, particularly when they do a sequel or something, or if they try and bring people back, and or they try and do another season. And they just can't get a hold of certain actors. Always bugs me when they just try and space fill. Mm-hmm. Try and uh, get rid of that character or <laughs> do something else with that character that involves them, you know, not speaking. But don't go down the route of the old sort of happy days American sitcom style of the 70s and 80s where they just, oh, here's this character. Oh, why is he in a full body cast? I don't know. Basically, they couldn't afford to bring that character back for that <laughs> week and they couldn't afford to pay that actor's wages for the week. Yeah. Um, I speak of weird comedy. I went back to watch uh, some Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. God, I love that show so much. <laughs> I love that show to a worrying degree. And I actually did a, a good joke tweet about um, somebody saying, hey, uh, just take the day to check in with those friends of yours that think of uh, Bojack Horseman as their favourite show. It's a very depressing show. And I watched yeah. the worst episodes of it in one big stretch. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? Why the <laughs> fuck? The- <laughs> I, I, I clearly don't want to be happy as an individual. Why did I watch this myself? But yeah, if you want to talk about... Um, Alison Brie, her as Diane Nguyen, and that show is phenomenal. It's a weird thing of like, I'm so used to just seeing her on community being a complete lunatic, yeah. and then you can see that and that's not just her acting from like that and glow, she can voice act that as well. She yeah. can project that kind of energy into a character that she is obviously just the voice of. Yeah. I think it was, I'd never really seen much of Alison Brie in anything, to be honest. And then I watched her and glow, and I was like, oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Your for, first time seeing Alison Brie was seeing all of Alison oh, Brie. Yeah. Yes, and that would get me interested as well. <laughs> there was one time uh, I was talking to a friend and they said, I've seen the show uh, Glow on uh, Netflix. He said, you should watch it. Because it's got uh, Alison Brie from Community in it. I went, first, first things first, what's your opinion Alison Brie? And he went, oh, I like her. Said, yeah, you're going to like Glow. First episode, <laughs> the person texts me just going, dude, tits. <laughs> <laughs> So keep watching, there's more. <laughs> I guess it's a good show. I, I yeah. really should have seen season two by now. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to watch season two, but 
I share a house with very invasive people. No, I right. get no privacy. So I, I wouldn't mind watching it, but there's a lot of scenes that you <laughs> kind of need privacy for. <laughs> not, not for any reason, just I want to explain it. <laughs> I, I don't want to expi- explain why. I don't want to have to explain characters and why she's rattling him. No, there's there's some things that like I'll watch like 50 episodes of like shows in a week. Like, for example, the Dragon Ball Super DVDs that are Blu-rays that are sitting right there. Yep. I just won't talk about it to people because I'm like, I'm just not explaining that. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me, because the background on my laptop right now, or before I changed it, it was the four-star Dragon Ball. Yeah. I was sick of explaining what that is to people. They would say, oh, what is that? It's the four-star Dragon Ball. What's Dragon Ball? Is that not a kid's show? I was like, don't do that. Please don't. I mean... <laughs> so many people watch it. <laughs> it's just 40 minutes later. The cultural perception. <laughs> <laughs> many, many artists view this as a seminal work. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Three hours later, they're just pulling out knives and stabbing themselves and trying to get out of this shit. <laughs> just want out. <laughs> <laughs> just, I thought I was making conversation. <laughs> I, I, I have concerns about that as well because I have the... My computer and my laptop are on the same profile, so try not to have them on at the same time, just in case. But I've noticed that if I have a laptop set up as the background, Mm -hmm. it transfers over between the computers because it's the same profile. Mm -hmm. So it assumes that I want that background as the profile picture for the profile, not the computer. All right. So, like, right now, that one's got stars on it. That one's got Raftalia from... uh, No, Raftalia, sorry, from uh, Rising of Shield Hero, which is fantastic. We'll talk about that next week. Let's have a bit further into it. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really worried I'm going to take a laptop up some tests, open it up and just have like anime, just random crap on the screen and be like, I can explain all of this. <laughs> just, whoa, 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 slow down. Everybody. Let me explain. <laughs> Everyone just chill the fuck out. First of I all, it's a drawing. <laughs> Second of all, she's 21. <laughs> Third of all, that's technically a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> It conforms to the exact minimum standards that allow it to be a bikini. The amount of random, like, there's been a weird thing going on right now with uh, Reddit cracking down on certain drawings, and the anime community keeps freaking out about this and saying, we really need to, like, have clarification on these rules. And I'm like, or we could just stop putting up pictures of questionably aged kids. I'm not going to lie. We could just have clearly older than. You know, eighteen characters. Let's just have clearly age-appropriate people. Yes. Up there. Let's let's not be weird about this. Let's maybe not try and find the grey space between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not try and find where the line blurs slightly. <laughs> we don't need that. We don't want that. Why do you want that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this. Please make it stop. Did you see the Oscars? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Was not expecting that one again. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch the Oscars itself. I do you do the thing of like you ignore it and then you go to the next stage of Google who won an Oscar? <laughs> no, it was on. Uh, I had no intention. Absolutely. Let me make this perfectly fucking clear. I had zero intention of finding out who won the Oscar. Who got the gratification of finding out their little talkie movie <laughs> made talkie people talkie movie? All the, who I'm going to say it again. Who made the little talkie movie make people feel good in the pants? I don't give a fuck <laughs> about the Oscars. The Oscars is retarded, but. It was on the the BBC News were doing a breakdown of it because uh, Black Panther won four, no Black Panther won three Oscars. Yeah, Bohemian be. Rhapsody won four, but I've heard that Bohemian Rhapsody is a shit movie. That's the one I objective. Like, really? Go on. No, I, I want to find because I've not seen it. I don't want to fucking see it because I, I have no object. I've not seen the movie either. Yeah, but, I'll tell you the reason why I haven't seen it because what? the original version or the original draft of that sounds way better. You get Sasha Baron Cohen 
in their plane, Freddie Mercury, and they dive into more of the kind of... Because we've all seen what the band Queen was like when it was good. Yeah. It was... It shows the it, other side of Freddie Mercury struggling as a homosexual yeah. man at that time trying yeah. to be the lead singer of a band. Yeah. That, the darker aspects of Freddie Mercury would have been a greater story, yeah. but now it's just... It's very whitewashed is what I've heard. It's very... Everybody's kind of painted over a couple it's of the cracks. Very, it's very candy floss in the sense that yeah. everyone's just kind of glazed over just oh here's the good stuff like no the whole point of a biopic is that you tell us the good like the highs and lows yeah from what i've heard bohemian rhapsody is all just highs it's all just a glorified music video yeah here's all the the glory days the the bohemian rhapsody yeah is queen my objection i only have one objection for one of the oscars and that was editing now there's an editing oscar yeah best editing literally just best editing in a film okay my objection was based on the pub scene there's a scene where uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones uh, introduces or like approaches the band. I think he's like a manager or like a, bra- a rep or something like that. Could be. And he asked them, "Who are Queen? Like, what's your identity? What's your brand? What's your what's your mm. your thing? What what do you do? What makes you special? Why should I sign you?" Yeah. And it is a ninety second scene with sixty cuts. Sixty cuts. Yeah. Somebody counted every time the camera changes, and this includes a. A 10 second zooming shot on Rami Malik as he explains that Queen are the weirdos, the outcasts, the people playing for the people in the back of the room. The crowd's yeah. nice, but we're playing for the people who don't want to be involved with the main thing. We want to right. be there for the others. And it's a great scene, but it's a 10 second pan, which means that in about 80 seconds, you did 60 cuts, which is almost like re- banging the fucking editing key to just change camera in a scene that is supposed to be about a band unified to present themselves to a manager. Yeah, yeah so you're showing them separate. Yeah. Just cutting to reactionary shots for no fucking reason. It was an artistic choice. It was the wrong one by the sounds of it. But For so many reasons, I'm not going to see this movie. I think the only one, that, from what I've heard, actually deserved the Oscar was um, Black Klansman. Yeah, Spike Lee apparently tried to walk out on that one or something like that. Yeah, I've he walked out when something else won him. Oh, it was Green Book, yeah. When Green Book yeah, won, Green Book. He yeah, he out. was not happy about that. He was very vocal about that. Yeah. But Spike Lee's a great director. Makes yeah. some very interesting, very awesome movies. Like Malcolm X, one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X itself was just fucking great. There's not like genuinely probably one of the best sort of historical movies or yeah, historical movies of all time. Have you seen Malcolm X speak? Yeah. Powerful. Whoa. Whoa. Fucking powerful. <laughs> you're watching that guy like I can see why people were afraid of you. Yeah. <laughs> you're a you're a mind changing man. Like I yeah, get it. Very talking about charismatic people. Malcolm X was very charismatic, and I don't think there was an, people say, from what I can what I've read in sort of earlier reports. People are saying that what he was doing was hate speech. <laughs> there was an element of hate speech in yeah. there. It's, nah, there's nothing. I think he's he's more coming from a. I think oh, my my view of it was that he was always just trying to come from a place of this needs to change. Yeah. We're we're all equal. We're all. They all say we're equal, but we're not equal. Yeah, we're all citizens of the America. Are citizens of America? Let's start acting like we are all citizens of America. Let's just no one's better than the other. Yeah, yeah very powerful individual. But yeah, yeah I, there was probably other things that won Oscars, but I don't give a fuck. The, Chris <laughs> Evans helped some old lady up a set of stairs. I don't care. And good for him. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Was I'm there. sure he got mega laid for it. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to every other night where he only gets regularly. He only gets super laid. <laughs> But the there was there was two things that I actually gave a shit about. I didn't really give it much shit. Uh, the Spider Verse won a won an Oscar. Yeah, best animated feature. Breaking the some like twelve year Disney cycle. 
<laughs> to the point where yeah. Disney were so prepared for Wreck-It Ralph 2 to get the Oscar that they started printing the little tags saying, buy now award-winning Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, it's just kind of, yeah, you jumped the gun on that one a bit. The, the one thing I actually gave a shit about was the, um, it's called the Glambot, which was a Glambot. 4K camera mm-hmm. mounted on a robotic arm that was like all gimbaled and like so uh, smooth footage. Um, and it was shooting like 4K at 120 frames a second. 120 frames. Fucking amazing footage. Like, and it would be just, it was just used for like on the red carpet. They would have like key people coming in, see Lady Gaga, like certain stars, Jason yeah. Moore, I think, take a shot with it. And you just see the camera like start at slow motion as like the person starting to move. It would then like punch in, like zoom the actual camera would move forward. Mm-hmm. And then the, like the person would take a couple steps forward. And then like it would slow down again as like they did like a bit of movement. And just watching the footage, like, whoa, this is like some trippy ball shit. Like, oh, unfortunately, the first comment on this was on Reddit was, can you imagine when this technology gets to porn? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to see that. No, no, there's certain things that I don't want to see, like, hot girl riding around on a guy's dick, then just like whip zoom pan into like a guy's ball sack, just yeah. rattling away. You're like, no, please no. don't. No, no one wants to see pores on that area, <laughs> no, male or female. No one wants to see that. No. But uh, I, <laughs> my my favorite one though was Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, yeah, boy, Trevor Noah. What was he, what was he up to? I mean, he's the host of the Daily Show. He took over from John Stewart, mm. and he is a South African comedian, a very funny guy. I think was very fucking on point. And um, he was introducing Black Panther as the best picture nominee. Yeah. And he he gave a little interesting speech saying, uh, Gro- "Growing up as a young boy in Wakanda, I would see T'Challa flying over the village." And he would remind me of the great Kosa phrase. I'm going to fuck this one up because it's South African dialect. Okay. Ablungu abazi uba nyanchoka. Ninkosa. Ninkoka? Ninkoka. That'll do. Anyway. Uh, I'm sure our listeners in South Africa will be very pissed off. <laughs> Just triggered. <laughs> All of South Africa triggered. <laughs> We're after them gibberish boys. <laughs> uh, which means in times like these, we are stronger when we fight apart. No, we are stronger when we fight together than when we try to fight apart. If you're thinking, wow, South African is quite a condensed language to fit all of that meaning into like four words, it's because that's not what he said. <laughs> what did he actually say? He said, white people don't know I'm lying. <laughs> that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> you want to talk about coastal elites <laughs> and the fucking like liberal white people that just like seem to sniff their own farts and just yeah. get off on themselves? Watching the entire room of the academy just go, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. so bright. Oh, it's so amazing. And then Trevor Noah just played that cool, played it calm, walked off stage. Like, and it was just Black Panther. Here is Black Panther, walked off stage. Didn't say a fucking word to anybody. <laughs> it only came out because Costa speaking Twitter, South African Twitter, saw it and lost their shit. <laughs> <I can imagine laughs> Mostly re- because somebody spoke South African at the Oscars. <laughs> I can imagine at the ta- the Black Panther table. You've got the director. Uh, I can't. It was the same director that directed Creed. Can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. I can imagine the director and everyone else is sitting there. The dialect coach that probably speaks about <laughs> South Africans probably just killing himself laughing. Like, dude, that's so funny. Like, he's being genuine and he's being very, <laughs> he's being very very woke. You need to applaud this. Like, that's just funny. That's. Tr- like pretty fucking good. The level of trolling. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I wanted. Some to learn. next level shit. 
That's what I want to learn Gaelic so I can rip people and they just go, oh, you love your language so much. I'm calling you a dick. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Trevor North yeah, for that, that one. That was well absolutely done. hysterical. I, I don't think that can be beat. I really, no. I, I, to think of whatever thing you could do as trolling at this point, I mean, maybe if Obama did a quick Wakanda forever before he left the office, like, yeah. even then he was a bit too late. Like, then again, was, the mic drop was pretty cool. The mic drop was pretty funny. Yeah. But Obama out, mic drop was pretty fucking hysterical. But I mean, if we just happened to have him in office at the same time, like if he just left and just did Wakanda forever and just fucked off, that would have been brilliant. Um, <laughs> although I can guarantee if Obama was still in office at the time Black Panther was being made, Michelle Obama would have been in the fucking movie. Mm. Guarantee that. Wouldn't be a bad thing. Michelle Obama was pretty badass. Like she was pretty cool in terms of what she was trying to do, but yeah. now, now there's probably people out there trying to prove that she kicks tigers and baby, babies in the face. Oh, you should have seen the reaction to when she wanted to try and improve Americans' diet. Oh, yeah. That, that was her big thing, came, was healthy eating. Yeah, that came across oh. very clearly. <laughs> that was not received <laughs> well. Michelle Obama hates fat kids. I'm like, no, I don't hate fat kids. I just want to stop fat kids. <laughs> I just want to make them a little less fat. That's destroying my freedom. <laughs> That's not body positive. It wasn't even. It wasn't the body positive people. I thought it was the body positive. No, it was the. It was the proper like. Why weird. can't we have pizza for lunch, Americans? <laughs> because you have pizza for breakfast as well. <laughs> Did you know that at one point pizza was partially classed as one of the five fruits and veg a day in New York? I shit because the tomato sauce. Because of the fucking. <laughs> They were trying to push that through. I'm pretty sure it got through before somebody said, no, <laughs> we're not doing this shit. If that went to some kind of Supreme Supreme Court, and imagine, who's the, what's the name of that? It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yeah. Imagine if I just gone, no, I'm 85. <laughs> I didn't get to 85 by having breakfast, having fucking pizza as one of my f- five fruit and veg a day. That doesn't fucking count. Yeah, it's absolute nonsense. Having onions on your hot dog doesn't make it suddenly fucking healthy. Sometimes though, I mean, it does make you feel pretty healthy. I hate. Just I don't eat onions. Don't fuck around onions. Don't fuck with no onions. Don't fuck around onions. But what bugs me is, uh, I usually do a majority of the cooking in the house just because I like to fl- I like to flex those muscles and do some yeah. do some cooking, trying to create some inventive thing. But recently, as to not be one up, my dad's decided to do quite a bit of the cooking. All right. And he knows I hate onions. He's been putting onions in everything. <laughs> just every time I take my my plate downstairs, there'll just be clear plate but just a little pile of onions that I leave there just to say <laughs> fucking stop putting them in there no <laughs> you know I don't eat onions <laughs> asshole I, I I go through like a pack a week yeah I mean if you like them you like them. Yeah. I, I'm not going to shit on anybody's good time if you like if you like tucking it in some onions cool but I don't fuck around my onions I'm going to say soft fry onions with some kind of spice on there no you don't need much spice but even just like paprika hmm? paprika and onions oh, especially on hot dogs oh boy chuck that in there. I do paprika onions fry it a little bit put it into an omelette I also don't eat hot dogs unless they're proper sausage-style hot dogs. Unless it's a brat first. But see the stuff that you get in the sort of York... What do you mean proper hot sausage-style? Like, you know the hot dogs that you get that just... If you go into Farmfords or Sainsbury's or something, you get a little jar of hot dogs? That yeah. is not proper sausage. That is more chicken, <laughs> lip size and boss sacks. Oh, you mean like is pork? Ac- yeah. Yeah, I want actual pork sausage. And I don't want shitty Z-grade <laughs> beaks. That's the best part. <laughs> it's disgusting. It fucking tastes like ass. <laughs> I know because it, it comes like, from the actual ass of the animal. Yeah. How do you it think comes they get from the, the ass, the ball bag, <laughs> hooves, tail, AKA innards, the, gristle, the, the flavour zone? <laughs> no, just uh, I refuse to eat the 
the jar hot dogs that you get. Fuck them. I, I, you get the good stuff though. There's some if you good get, stuff. If you get some good brats. Oh, brats are everything. That's German. That's dangerous German technology. You know who got those brats to those Germans? Aliens. Yeah, they made me like <laughs> fucking and making the European Union. I, I, I'm going to get another drink because we, I think I need one. Yeah. We promised people Sports Corner. Yeah. Dom has sounded the trumpets for Sports <laughs> Corner. Oh, God. <laughs> Should I just gas myself? <laughs> oh, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not touching this one, kids. <laughs> it's going to touch me in a bad way, yeah, but I'm not probably, touching this one. We're going to hit you. So, yeah, uh, Tom, you were talking about sports. You yeah, got Sports Corner? Yeah, we got, we got Sports Corner. Sports Corner? Sports Corner. Again, uh, any aspiring artists out there want to give us a jingle for Sports Corner vis-a-vis some kind of... Uh, New York type paper salesman just spots corner spots corner that kind of thing. but uh, uh, on a national side my team the Glasgow Warriors doing pretty fucking well we're kind of picking ourselves back up we had a few losses in a row but it was more the kind of the way the league structure works for the Glasgow Warriors and teams like or the only two sort of national or premiership sides the Glasgow Warriors and Edinburgh the way it works is they'll play the Regular competition, which is the Pro 14. I think it's the Guinness Pro 14 now. All right. It was originally the Heineken Pro 14, but now the Heineken Heineken do the European side of it. So okay. there's the Guinness Pro 14 and there's the Heineken European Cup. I was just hoping British, British rugby got some taste. Yeah, I went there. Guinness is nice. Yeah, Suck Heineken, Heineken tastes like ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there are certain times when I just think, Budweiser, Miller or Heineken, every time I'm going Heineken. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's there. It's the shiniest of three turds. But... Um, <laughs> Right, so there's the sort of the home domestic competition, then there's the European competition when we play sort of teams from France, Italy, Ireland, and England. So it's all just kind of different leagues brought together in this one. Yeah, Glasgow never do well in the European League, and to the point where I think we win. There's I think there's six games in total that we play in the European Cup. We win two. Ouch. So it's pretty. But then again, it doesn't affect our standing in the Pro 14. In the Pro 14, we're fucking killing it. We're top of Conference A right now. Oh, that's good. Uh, we beat, uh, I think it was the Cardiff Blues. No, it was um, a team called Zebre, an Italian team. We beat them, I think it was 56 points to 13 or something. We just demoralised them. That's a battering. Yeah, but it's, I don't know how, I don't know what happens to the Glasgow team when the internationals that get picked for Scotland, when they disappear, Glasgow all of a sudden become almost a better team. Do you think it's because our team was decent players, but they're not that far out of the average? Yeah. As opposed what? to other teams who lose, like, their apex? Yeah, I think other... With with Glasgow, I think it's more the case of people see how your Stuart Hoggs, your, um, your Xander Fagersons, your Ryan Wilsons, your Ali Prices, the sort of bigger international players, people see how they play on a consistent basis with Scotland. Mm-hmm. When they disappear, all these relative unknowns come up. So it's more and of a no lack like of study. Nobody yeah, knows no one knows how to combat it. them. Fair enough, they play against or they play alongside the other more established players that got to the international side. But I think other teams just don't know how, don't know what to do with it. And because they obviously they have trained in the same way, but they have like separate playing styles. And so yeah, Glasgow have got nothing to complain about. Uh, Scotland this week are kind of kind of giving me the willies a little bit. Yeah. Because we played, I think we've played three games at the competition just now. We have played France away, lost. Uh, we have played Ireland home, lost by the skin of our teeth. 
and we played Italy home and won fairly comfortably. But that shouldn't be the results. Like, that shouldn't yeah. be. We Ireland, should have beaten Ireland. We should have beaten Ireland. It was because of our own fucking lack of... Took the foot off the neck, basically. Yeah, we took, we took the foot off the pedal. Took the foot right off the pedal. Uh, Italy, we almost lost, actually. I'm going to rescind that. We won comfortably. We almost fucking lost. We went down to 14 men. And Italy scored two of the quickest tries I've ever seen in the game. I think we were up 33 to 5. And within minutes, they went from 12 points to 19 points and scored a penalty. Hmm. So it's like, the fuck, boys? Right, you're still in the lead. You've still got 13 points to the good. Fucking defend like your life depends on it. Then when it came to Ireland, we played against a depleted Ireland that we could have won. We could have beat the world number two. Yeah. But we just kind of, meh. Oh, let's just, no, let's not yeah, really bother. I don't know if it's a deliberate tactic by Gregor Townsend to just say, right, Six Nations, it is local pride, but let's focus on the World Cup. Weird strategy if it's true, but that could be what he's doing, I don't know. It's too big though. Like yeah. it's, it, 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 uh, the Six Nations is fucking local pride. Yeah. If Scotland won the Six Nations this year, which is, I think it's an impossibility at this point, we'd have to demolish Wales and we'd have to destroy England to get, a, a, to stand a chance. And those are both teams that we really struggle against. Yeah, England, they're kind of losing a bit in terms of the forward pack where we're heavier against England. Yeah. So I think we could front up against the forward. Backs-wise, I think England can have the upper upper edge. But our centres right now know how their centres play and you could easily... Um, front up against them so it all comes down to on the day uh, situations but against Wales Wales are just on a fucking the crest of a wave right now they're just riding so fucking high uh, they've got a ridiculously strong team they've not had to sub anyone out they've not had to make any changes no Shit. injuries whereas in Scotland we have lost our star fullback Stuart Hogg because he I think he dislocated fractured or other injured his shoulder which is severe he's hoping to come back for the England game but it's not looking good. Uh, our 10, uh, Finn Russell, he's just come back from a, a potential concussion. He's been cleared by doctors and what have you so that he can come back. Um, we've got a few other injured players that are coming back onto the scene, which is good because we're getting a bit of a boon, but there's still that potential of, right, we play Wales, what happens after that when we play England? How many players are we going to have left then? Because we're pulling people out of the injury list forcing them back up to match health and just saying right we need to get it like let's just play it by ear let's just force you into this game see how well you do there but then we'll worry about England later because I think we've got another week in between Wales and England yeah I'd so, give your injured players another week yeah it's, give them the time yeah it's it's, it's kind of terrifying me a little bit because I'm <laughs> obviously the the big thing for me is the World Cup's always a thing that Scotland have never listed a chance at the fact that we got to the quarterfinals yeah. We almost we would have got through to the finals to play the All Blacks if it wasn't for a certain ref. I will not give the oxygen to say his name. Uh, we could have done well, but then again, there's never an expectation that Scotland are going to go to the World Cup and they're going to fucking smash it. The more realistic competition for Scotland has always been the Six Nations. And I think this year, if all would have went well, I think we had a good chance of doing it, but I think that chance has been squandered by almost naivety because we think... I think the reason is, and obviously I could be proven wrong fairly easily by anyone who's more knowledgeable about the game than I am, that I think the naivety comes from the fact that we we play sort of lesser teams like Fiji, Samoa, um, 
like other sort of lesser grade teams are, as almost like confidence boosters and we beat them quite handily. Yeah. So there's that kind of overconfidence when we come to play a team like England or Ireland or Wales that we just think, oh, we can just use our speed. But then they've got strength and speed on the other side. So yeah. what are you going to do to combat that? There's a lack of, you know, paradigm breaking on the on the behalf of the sort of the defence coach, strength and conditioning coach and the head coach himself. I don't think there's enough adaptability. Like they're not looking outside the box to think, how do I beat this team this week? Or would I change from last week to beat this team this week? Yeah. And that's why the game on Saturday, I'll probably be watching through like split fingers. Yeah. Just kind of, oh, what, what's happening now? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, oh no. no just, oh, Wales have scored another try. Oh, wait, and there are seven tries up and it's not half, it's half time. <laughs> I don't know fuck? how we got here, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be here. I'm just going to keep drinking. <laughs> It's always, it's always the good thing about uh, going to a local rugby club to watch the watch the game. So it was just a really good atmosphere, yeah. and, and you could feel the sadness in the room when we get when we get a, a try scored against us because it's not the usual. Like, ah, oh, damn it! There's just a kind of whole room just bastard. <laughs> but on the plus side, if you go at the bar at the right time, you just might get a sympathy pint. Yeah, depending on the nationality of the <laughs> the bartender. <laughs> I was in Inverness. Three, no wait when was, the, when was the World Cup 2015 so four years ago uh, for the World Cup we were playing uh, Ireland, no Ireland were playing I think we were going to play another team in the afternoon but I just thought oh, so much about the Ireland game Ireland got their asses kicked I went up and got a pint I'm pretty sure the, the bartender was Irish as I could tell by his <laughs> the Irish rugby uniform he <laughs> was steaming mad I'm pretty sure he double charged me for one drink <laughs> so yeah uh, again by the time we come down to record, depending on the outcome of Saturday's game, it could be a very happy dome, it could be a very depressed dome. We'll just we'll just need to wait and see. Yeah. It's it's gonna be a rough one. It's, the Wales games are unpredictable, but I get the feeling yeah. that if they're on the high and we're kind of unsure, that results yeah. in a beat. Oh yeah, Wales are on solid ground. Yeah. Scotland are kinda shaky on their feet right now. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one to predict. On Scotland's half, yeah. on Scotland's behalf, it's going to be because I don't want to say, oh, they're going to fuck it because when Scotland with pressure hyped on them is when they do the best. Like if they've got people just dissenting against them or just saying, no, you cannot do this. Scotland actually tend to rise to the occasion, but if like people just either ah, can do it, they tend to kind of crumble under that weight of the expectation. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to say otherwise in case I somehow superstitiously affect the outcome of Saturday's <laughs> game. So and that's that's the thing about Scottish rugby is this. Our wins are so rare, but they're always really good. Yeah, they're always... It's never a case of, oh, we win by a couple of points. If we do win by a couple of points, it will be... The points were scored early into either the end of the... Or late into the first half or early into the second half, and we've just defended phenomenally yeah. to prevent the onslaught of the oncoming team. Yeah. Or it's a case of we just score that many tries and demoralise the team that defending and scoring uh, subsequent tries just becomes too easy. But it's so rare that... As the Scottish pubs in the area that will say, "If we win, you get a free pint." Yeah, someone's willing to risk a, a business transaction <laughs> on us winning a game, and that's kind of telling. I don't know what it oh, is. There is, there's actually been a bit of a change to that because it used to be if Scotland score a try or Scotland get points, free pint, because Scotland are getting quite handy with the scoring. It's yeah. now changed to if Scotland win the competition or if Scotland win this. I, I don't know how it's been won a game. If Scotland win, normal, only normally like Six Nations promotions or like World Cup promotions, yeah. but in those it's like if Scotland win, you get a pint. It's almost enough for me to watch. <laughs> but it's it's a 
it's, it's a weird thing to say we're so unsure of ourselves yeah. that we're willing to bet money on it. Yeah, there is a lack of naivety. I think that's across all like Scottish sports. There's a lack of confidence, a bit of naivety. They think we'll just keep doing what we're doing and if it turns out wrong, fine, we'll just we'll next game. The, f- the football team though knows it sucks. Yeah, the That's the saving grace is that we don't have to deal with the Scottish national team just hoping the way that the English just hope. And that's the thing is, the English soccer teams are competitive. Oh, yeah. they, they are in the running most yeah. years unless something's went wrong. It's the same in Scotland and England. There are in Scotland and England, in terms of both sports, football and rugby, yeah. there are a shit ton of uh, professional like English football sides that have a good chance of making it into the Premier side. Yeah. To be fair, in Scotland, you're only really playing for one or two clubs if you're wanting a chance to get into the, the national side, the international side. Yeah. And I can say that without fear of contradiction because they tend to do the best. They tend to be. The most covered, the most, most, the most aware. Uh, they're also right, probably in the most. They're most likely to be seen by national coaches, talent yeah. scouts, people like that, who just would be in the area and yeah. say, "Oh, there's a, a local game going on. I'll pop down. I'll see who's what's on. I'll see what's going on. See what's going to be worth keeping an eye on yeah. for the next couple of years." It's the same. It's the same with rugby because there's a shit ton of professional rugby sites down in England. There's only really there is only two in Scotland. Yeah. Edinburgh and Glasgow and the money is so dramatically different in both yeah. sports as well oh, yeah. like the the fact that I mean somebody was, it was Gareth Bale because I was up at my parents last night and they were watching uh, Real Madrid Ajax which was great because uh, Ajax kicked the shit out of Real Madrid my brother's a massive Barcelona fan so he was jumping about the house <laughs> um, and the best part of it was uh, Ajax, Ajax go 2-0 up mm-hmm. and that means that they're going to win on a two-leg game like they're gonna demolish the competition. They're gonna get through and they're gonna get to the next round. I think it got to three nil. I know it got to two nil. Real Madrid score one and it here we go, here they come. The champions are coming back. Here we yeah. Ajax score again. <laughs> Within thirty seconds it was just like straight like beeline for the goal and just demolish you just saw everybody go, Oh <laughs> I fucking I fucking love that in any sport. You get it quite a lot in uh, sort of derby games. Like yeah. Scotland, England's uh, Ireland Ireland, England, Wales, England. Yeah. Anybody against England. But uh, the Six Nations last year where Scotland won the Calcutta Cup, it was the same thing. Uh, Scotland had them on the back foot for the most of the game, but every time England got the ball, it's just, I know the champions are striding onto the pitch. Will they win this game? This game could change the, this try could change the entire pace of the game. And he's been taken out of the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, and the Scotland players intercepted the ball and he scored a try. What the fuck is this game? <laughs> I, I want that. I want that win. I fucking I, love that. At that point, I just... I'm at the point where I just kind of want the Calcutta Cup win. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, all I care about. I want the Calcutta Cup to stay in like, Scotland. With a level of spite that we don't really apply to much, most sports anymore, I just want that win. Yeah. See, to be fair, I've actually seen the Calcutta Cup so many times I'm now sick of the sight of the thing, but I still want it to stay in Scotland. Yeah. Because every event that I did that was even remotely rugby related, SRU were just, Sure. Here, here's the cup, cup, cup. Bring the kids in. Let them see it. We won this fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, we'll there's three of the it. fucking things. We'll do it. We'll, we'll send them back a fake. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll find some silver. Like some guy that's really good with silver. And we'll... They did it with a stone of scone. We'll do it with this. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> the level of spite I want in the English to Scottish rivalry. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that draws sports corner uh, to quite a close. It's just yeah, I'm terrified about the the game on Saturday because 
Scotland need to up their game, but I don't know how far they can up their game with freshly returned injured players. <laughs> yeah. Send out the cripple squad. <laughs> Send out the people that have just come back from surgeries. <laughs> it's uh, it's very just interesting that you say that there's somebody who dislocated their shoulder and he's like, might make it back for next week. I'm like, yeah, just, you sit down. It, it was uh, three weeks ago, three, maybe four weeks ago, he dislocated or done some injury to his shoulder. But he did a sort of press thing where he said, yeah, I'm hoping to come back for the England game. Okay. Yeah. Even though you know for a fact that you'd be one of the most targeted players by England. Yeah. They will be gunning for that shoulder of yeah. yours to take you out immediately. Yep. It's yeah. going to be fun to watch. It's always a fun time at the, to watch the Six Nations. So um, I wanted to do a quick catch up on something covered last episode. It was the Vic Mignana case. Yep. And it is now probably going to be a case. Yeah, I think it was the only direction that it could have went. Yeah. To be fair, it could only go to court. So, I mean, it's still pretty toxic. I kept half an eye on it, but... As soon as that episode was recorded, episode 12, I was yeah. like, I'm done. And I'm like, I just threw yeah. my phone away. I was like, I don't have to look at this for another week. Yeah, I had the same thing. I was, the amount of research and stuff I did into Vic Mignan, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to step away from this. Um, it, it was it was quite a fresh wind because you, you, when you think of Vic Mignan, you'd think Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball is a source of fun. You, now you think of Vic Mignan. We just finished like, getting really hyped up about Broly, who he voices. Yeah. And I've just finished season six of Ruby and he was the key character in that. It was great, and blah, 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 and then all of a sudden all this stuff comes out, and uh, oh, it was toxic. It's still toxic. Yeah, but, it's still very, very toxic. Um, as expected, <laughs> Vic retained a lawyer, and things got quiet real fucking fast. Yeah. So, yeah. Was um, that that source funding thing? The I'm going to get to that. Oh, it's the main thing I want to discuss. I'll, I'll let you. Um, I shall return to my whiskey, where I am the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am champion here. Um, <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> the thing is that um, Vic probably won't be able to sue for unfair dismissal, which is the big thing that we were like, oh, that's probably where he's going to go yeah. first. Um, and it's because, I mean, this is all dependent on Vic's contracts with Funimation and Roosteeth because Texas is what's called an at-will employment state, which is where, and I'm, I'm taking this from the Texas Municipal League, who are a group of lawyers across Texas, uh, founded over 100 years ago, um, who have uh, been providing legal advice and representation to cities in Texas. So if somebody was to sue the city, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to sue Austin because I broke my le- broke my arm at like a, an event staged by the city of Austin. Right, yeah. These might be the guys who would get involved. Um, but they also provide a library of resources for people to look at Texas law. And with this one, they were, I actually just Googled uh, at-will employment. So, generally, employees without a written employment contract can be fired for good cause, bad cause, or no cause at all. Uh, in an at-will situation, either the employer or the employee may terminate the employment relationship at any time, with or without warning, and with or without cause, unless there is an existing agreement, expressed terms and conditions, covering termination. So, literally, unless they write, we will not fire you unless blah, 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 you could be fired at any moment. So, again... We don't know the contracts yeah. that Vic's under, so who knows? But probably does, unlikely that he would. It does seem that Funimation's that based in Austin. They're both based in Texas. They're both based in Texas. It doesn't seem like there would be much reason for them to alter something that's been, say, a hundred years that organization's been there. No, the organization that um, I, I've pulled the information from is on. Oh, right, right, right. I don't know how long Texas has been an at-will employer. Yeah, if it's something that's been standard, substantial, if it's a, if it's a well. 
so what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a fairly used thing. It's been it has been in the place for a lot. It's been in Austin or Texas for a long time. It's not. It kind of makes me think that that's just standard contracts. Yeah. And if that is standard contracts, it's, that is yeah. his hands yeah. tied. He would the, have to yeah. then. The way it's the way it's written is that yeah. the basic state is that you are going to be an at will employee mm-hmm. unless you are specified as being a certain other class of employee all oh, right where you would have a normal like what we would have like i've got my contract i can't be like go without a bit of notice yeah unless i do something seriously yeah wrong. unless gross misconduct um so i think the, then there's you, a few things that you can be like you can't yeah. be at will fired for uh which is filing a complaint on discrimination based of race color religion age sex national origin or disability um Filing a workers' compensation claim, jury service, refusing to perform an illegal act, or reporting violations of law. So basically, if you don't want to break the law, or if you basically have other rights or stuff you need to be involved in, you can't be just let go. So if you go, I've got jury duty, you go, well, good news, you're fired. That's, right. you can go, uh, no, I'm, I'm still employed. Uh, so it's basically any protected or yeah, yeah, yeah. protected it's characteristics or discrimination. Of right. Interesting to note that uh, sexual orientation wasn't on there mm. Mm, Texas yeah, mm. that's, that's a bit <laughs> soft mm. um, so the main points which is the defamation and because of how this was handled there's a lot of shit lying around that you can say yeah. that's defamation of character and that's cost me business and that's been an issue um, and the, the thing that's going on is there's a lot of really small YouTube channels with anime avatars covering this because it's a really polarizing issue. And you can cover it one way or the other and you can get views and you can get clicks, you can get subscribers. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I found a channel called Riketa Law. Yeah, R- that's the one that I seen. They were doing a, they were doing stuff like, how does Vic get back at this? How, what's Vic's yeah. case? That kind of thing. They also, they were the one that did the crowdfunding. They were the original, yeah. well, he was uh, Nick Riketa, who I've subscribed to. He's now my kind of go-to source for all this stuff. And if you are interested in this case, I'd say go to him. Mm. Not only because he is involved in the crowdfunding, but he is he actually posted an interview with um, Ty Beard, who will be representing uh, Vic Mignana. Mm-hmm. So he is he's on the inside track. And if anything was to come out that wasn't an official press release, you'd probably hear about it from him first. Right. Only problem is he's doing three and a half hour live streams. <laughs> He, his initial video, the one that kind of brought him to my attention, was like a half hour video explaining if I was Vic's lawyer. And he can't be because he's in Wisconsin? Minnesota. He's in Minnesota. Right. The lawsuits will probably take place in Texas because that's where Rusty and Funimation are mm-hmm. and where most of the people are involved. So he says, I can't really practice, I can't really do anything here. I am not Vic's lawyer in any way. I'm not retained by him. I'm not involved in the case in any official capacity, which is great because it means he can just fire off. Yeah, he can just <laughs> weigh in. And he's mad about this. You can see there was something in his initial video that's like, you can see this has upset him in a way mm-hmm. that it's like, I think it's the miscarriage of justice because this has been done in the court of public opinion, not a law court, which is where an issue like this really needs to be settled. Yeah. And there's a little bit of stuff that he, he was talking about and I'm like, mm, seems a bit, it's almost like he's opposed to the uh, the SGW aspect of it all more than he is the legal issues that are involved. Mm. So I'm like, okay, there's some stuff that we wouldn't maybe agree on, but he's the best source because he's an American lawyer. He's done a little bit of this stuff before, not for anything like this scale, but um, so he, his passion for the subject is infectious. 
So just just to kind of get it clear in my head, he's more going after not the the legal aspects. He's more going after the mob mentality aspect. He's more annoyed. Oh, that's his that's yeah. his hang up on it. Oh, his his frustration comes from the fact that this was done court of public opinion by a mob justice right, group yeah. that there was no provable evidence that or no corroborative evidence as we discussed last episode yeah. that you could say this has happened because we see this this and this and they have they are now saying watch how this gets legal and watch how a lot of armchair lawyers are about to be blown the fuck away <laughs> because his initial um video i recommend you watch they're like half hour like legal strategy which the the guys are actually the lawyers can't confirm even though they've been interviewed and they did say that he had a very good idea of how someone would pursue a kind of defamation case um they they've said all this stuff he's pretty much on the money as to what they would do hypothetically speaking mm. of course wink wink nudge nudge um but him just he just doesn't like the fact that people have taken ideas and concepts and stuff they heard on like law and order and then tried to apply it to a very hard to parse out legal case so like watching him with his expertise just laying into all this shit you see yeah. online fucking unreal <laughs> you can see his like his passion for the subject because it's what he does this is his he's actually a, he's a self uh he, he's like a one-man lawyer team like he, he just he represents clients he's a small town so yeah he can do that um, and he can represent clients for various cases, and people are saying, well, he's a fake lawyer. Mm. Don't ever call a lawyer a fake lawyer. Yes, <laughs> it's not going to end well. Holy shit, do you see like a switch going back in that guy's head, and you're like, holy shit, I thought Alex Jones was angry. It's that level of like, don't you fucking start, boy, don't you fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's it's interesting to watch, and I'd say, if, you, if you're interested, uh, Raketa Law on Raketa YouTube, Law. and I'd say, like, you can go through, like, once he's done with his streams, you can watch him at, like, fast speed so you can actually catch what's going on. There's um, a lot of, like, his chat is very, his chat almost never stops. Yeah. There's, like, 9,000 people tuned in for his interview with the lawyer, with, uh, Ty Beard, uh, who also mentioned that he will be representing Todd Habercorn as well because Todd Habercorn's had certain allegations made against him, which are, again defaming although todd hasn't suffered nearly anything what vic has yeah but he's saying so we will the be the todd habercorn thing was that the cosplayer yeah jesse yeah. pridemore jesse pridemore and that was the the issue was about consent because they were yes. both hammered who's yeah. bringing that case no it's todd going after jesse for a slanderous statement all oh, right, right, right because she at certain points of the statement indicates that someone else knows who that is which means she's confirmed it to one other person, which can constitute defamation. Right, okay. Because that person is also associated with the industry. As well as just being another person, that person also is associated with the industry. Right, cool. And then it's come out and all this has been dealt with, and although part of that is Todd's fault, in a way, like he outed himself, mm. there's grounds for defamation. So things are going to get real interesting with us, but unfortunately, like he says, we're going to go into, like, there'll be a ramp up, and it'll be like silence for a while while stuff's getting sorted out. Yeah, I think we're in that kind of silence period now. We're just waiting on... I think they said another couple of weeks. A week or two, it'll get quiet hmm. and it'll go back up towards like when we get to the actual stage. Yeah, we'll like, start getting litigation. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it depends on... if they, Obviously, right now, they're going to try and avoid litigation. They don't yeah. want to go to litigation. I think they want to settle all this out of court. Yeah. Personally, for Vic. 
I think his best chance to, as he put it, salvage his career, which <laughs> brass ones on him for trying to yeah. salvage his fucking career, yeah. which I think is an impossibility, an impossibility yeah. at this point. There are places try to, like who will still hire him, though. There's uh, yeah. Viz Media uh, have not taken a stance against him. Uh, there is actually a company that is making a game with Vic in it and Todd Habercorn and another couple of people, including a YouTube reactor who apparently wanted to get into voice acting. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, kids. You're going to go into a fucking shitstorm. Um, but there's a couple of people who are still willing to hire him, so he hasn't lost all contracts and jobs. Just the big ones, Funimation, Rooster Teeth, and yeah. obviously Rooster Teeth expanding and exploding the way they are right now. I, I mean, that's a big loss, not just now, but in 10, 15 years. If you try to go back and say, hey, uh, <laughs> any jobs? And they go, uh, no, we remember who you are. <laughs> we, we still not, have no, documents. You can't, you can't work here. Yeah. Um, but there was one thing he brought up, the fact that um, because Funimation waited so long and because stuff was said by their staff their talent employees whatever you want to call them including apparently a producer at funimation who has firing power like a a manager uh funimation could get it bad rooster teeth might be a little bit better it depends because right now all we have to go off of is because rooster put out the statement of we are no longer working with vic mignano done and that was it so therefore they might be able to step away and say we handled that. Yeah. Like, we did it. Professional. It's not defamation. We're just not working with you. There's nothing we can really say or do. Mm. It might lessen the impact. However... Yeah, Funimation, they weighed in further on that and said, we will... We are no longer working with Mr. Mignana. We will after not an investigation. Him. Yeah, after... And they then said, we will yeah. not be engaging him in any future yeah. project. They, on Twitter, gave details and their employees in the form of Juanica Real, uh, Chris Sabat, weighed into the discussion, which could get dicey yeah. when it comes to letters. The only thing that could really fuck up Rooster Teeth is as part of Discovery. What if somebody says, we need to see Rooster Teeth's internal communications? Yeah. What if you find something there? Then you can drag Rooster Teeth back into it. So, I don't know. I think Rooster Teeth might just settle with hush money. Yeah, I think Rooster Teeth are smart enough and the people behind Rooster Teeth are smart enough to just say, right, this could get ugly. We don't want it to get ugly. We were just responding to allegations. Yeah. We were just saving our necks. Funimation have made this a bit personal with yeah. Chris Sabat, who's a, he is he's a voice director for. Funimation. I think he's a director. I think he must be producing some stuff. Yeah, he's 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 employed by Funimation. Monica Real. I don't think she directs. No, she does voice directing. I think. Yeah, again, I think they both direct voices. I think that the, the thing that worries me is someone who's a like someone who has hiring and firing power. Yeah, that means management that means trust from the company yeah. that means and same with Sean Chamel he's another voice director voice produ- uh, yeah. uh, producer it gets dicey when people yeah. again to be fair someone at Funimation should have just said right you're going to get dragged into this shut the fuck up yeah. Funimation are quite frankly morons for not trying to uh, I think that's minimize the difference the of I think at some point if they do show you emails from Rooster Teeth or internal communications because you use Slack to use a service so that you have an, a, something you can go back and trace. Mm-hmm. I think at some point you will see from an executive or a lawyer a statement or an internal email saying, shut your mouths. Don't yeah. say a thing. This is happening. Go silent for the weekend. Go spend time with the kids. Don't give a shit. Don't talk about it. Yeah. I, I suppose if that if it does come out that, that happened, that's basically 
all risk for that comes on that goes on to them and at that point they can't fall back on Funimation to save yeah. them they just they are out there bare naked yeah well that's the thing is I, there's, a, there's a question about do you even know if Funimation's lawyers or even Sony's lawyers because Sony own Funimation yeah and Warner Brothers are, uh, own Rooster Teeth like if you look through the chain yeah there's money there and people are, oh, it's fine, they've got the Sony lawyers, they've got the Warner Brothers lawyers. I'm like, do they? Yeah, are, are they actually <laughs> going to be willing to, are they going to wade in to deal with one of their companies? I, I, I don't think they are. I don't think Sony are going to deem this. Mm, no. I think they should, they should probably, I think it's probably the right thing to do. They should just step back and just leave it. I don't think it's the right thing for them to just wade in and go, we are the big, because that just gives, fair enough, it might look to Funimation that they're getting more protections, more safeguards. Yeah, but it just paints a bigger target for the money trail for Vic and his people. Yeah, because it's just there's always this thing in law where, fair enough, the employee hit me with his car, but he's an employee of Sun Microsystems. Why go for him when I can go after his boss? He was wearing the company uniform. Most people get paid to travel to and from work. Yeah, I'm going to go after his boss. It's a question of why not rather than why. Exactly. Why not pursue it up another level to get to more money? Yeah. Especially if you think you might not work again. Yeah, especially if you are if you have any inclination that A, you might not work again, and B, there's been higher-ups beyond the sort of upper echelons of the company that's in you. Yeah. If the company that owned them say, right, we've heard some shady things about this Minyana dude, get rid of him. Yeah. Oh, if they can find the truth to that, then you can chase that up the next level and keep yeah, higher, going up the ladder. And eventually it just gets ridiculous. We're talking well into Although seven, fair, figures. I don't think this goes much higher than maybe a director from the company, like the parent company, like the immediate parent company. Yeah. Like, I don't think Sony directly owns Funimation. Yeah, I, I think, think there's a... Sony owns a company that owns Funimation. I yeah. think that would go to their executive or whatever, or whoever yeah. gave it that email, if there is one. That was where you'd hit them. Yeah. I don't think you'd go much I think, yeah, I think you'd eventually hit the roof one. You can't, you can't really take it further. Yeah. Especially something as niche as anime voiceover production. Yeah. Either way, I think it's going to be interesting to see the outcome of this because realistically, Vic doesn't have the strongest case. He has, he has a few. He has some. As far as defamation, he's got a damn good case. But uh, defamation, the, he's got solid. But yeah. Apart from that, the wrongful dismissal. I think the Texas law has got him there. Unless yeah. it comes unless out, there's something in his contract. Yeah, unless. His, but even then, if they have performed, uh, an or you can, a. I was going to say interrogation, yeah. uh, but if they've investigated and they have found that there was breach contract or mm-hmm. breach of ethical policies or something like that that was in the company handbook or something, yeah. and he's an employee, he could be dismissed. Yeah, Maybe there was reasons, maybe there is stuff, maybe it just because it's private companies, we wouldn't get that information. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Although, weird thing from this, both of the lawyers, mm-hmm. Ty Beard and Nick uh, Ricciata, 40k fans hmm. like openly chatting about it like uh, I was like thinking oh like he mentioned uh, Ty Beard had played Rogue Trader not only that he made his own game he's made his own game with a MIT professor nice fucking nerds yeah <laughs> you gotta think that if someone's waiting in to try and defend anime voice actors they kind of have a vested interest in no they they, they they asked him was it what's your experience with the anime industry? And he had one anime that he watched uh, like 30 years ago when he was younger. Other than that, hasn't seen a single anime since. 
Apparently his kids have watched a couple of shows and he's like aware of anime as, an, as a thing. I always mean an interest in anime. I think you just have a general interest in nerd culture. If oh. something like this attracts you to... Oh, Nick Riquet is a fucking nerd. He's a weeb too. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I was taking this, I was like, no confirmation as to whether or not he's a weeb. He's definitely a nerd because you can see he's got like the Horus Heresy Robux in the back. Like, so he's still actively playing 40k. Fucking yep. nerd. <laughs> nerd. Uh, <laughs> nerd. Uh, <laughs> and then it just the fact that he was talking about that and then... He asked Tybeard about it and they, they like have a favourite chaos god. <laughs> Fucking nerds, man. Nice. Corn, by the way. <laughs> but of course it should be. Yeah. As it fucking should be. But uh yeah. Not for the blood god. <laughs> Strange note, he's a 40k fan. What is it with 40k fans becoming lawyers looking at you dumb? Uh, <laughs> it's gotta be some weird obsession with rules. <laughs> yep. I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought you'd enjoy that little side note that I found out from watching about six hours of interviews today. That 1.75 speed boy. I took your advice and I went back to listen to the Mike Tyson episode of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Speed doesn't help that. (laughs) (laughs) He speaks so quietly and so softly, but he has the lisp. It it gets really slippy, doesn't it? I don't know what it is. You can't quite grasp onto every word. Yeah, every so often. Because at one point he's talking about cars, I think. And he says, so what's the speed on that? Tell me why you like that car. And I swear I had to slow it down. <laughs> you go back like four times and you're like... <laughs> what's the speed on that? What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, what's the speed in the car? <laughs> uh, that's the thing. I've, I've heard r- things online. Apparently it's a fucking great episode. No, it is a great episode. It's a really like fun... I can't listen to it. In the same way we were talking about the Dr. Phil episode, like from the day before the Alex Jones episode. Yeah. Just a nice chill hangout, but a kind of positive but constructive attitude towards mental health. And you're like, this is this is what I want to tune into Joe Rogan for. Yeah. But that one, I'd say, again, it's another great thing. But one of the things that they talked about in that episode was the fact that there's footage of Mike Tyson hitting the bag from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Dude's still a beast. Yesterday, footage came out online of him just showing off. Like somebody at a bar asked him to work out like a quick combination routine thing. Dude still moves. It's scary as fuck. You realize he could, Mike Tyson? He's in his late, late mid fifties. He could still hit you like a fucking train. Yeah, dude, he was scary powerful. He still is, and he's still big. Like he says, I don't work out that much. What? <laughs> How much residual muscle did he have left over? I mean, I know he, he only quit like what fifteen years ago, but I mean, if he could just if he stopped as much as he says he does, like he must be doing something at home. Yeah, he must be keeping. I mean, I don't think he's doing work out to the intensity that he did back when he was boxing oh no he, he well, says I he, think he's still doing have you lo- have you watched the whole episode yet from Mike Tyson no I've not made myself he says he, he doesn't want to he doesn't like who he becomes when he trains because it reminds of he reminds him how much of a dick he was when he was the champion yeah, of the world he was uh, Conor McGregor aspires to be Mike Tyson in terms of just notoriety <laughs> he's yeah. just on a whole other fucking level Mike Tyson had a whole new level of swagger that nobody was ready yeah. for but so I'll show you the footage it's on, swagger that's it. it it's on it's on Reddit and it's the fucking it's scary you're like you see him do a couple punches and there's like one move where I'm like that was sped up you're like no it wasn't everyone else is still moving at normal speed Mike Tyson can just move like that at 50 what the fuck <laughs> terrifying but definitely I'll send it to you it's definitely worth a look okay, I'll definitely watch that because there was one thing that's actually been coming out quite a bit recently is there's sort of older like, sports stars that have been that have retired for a bit that are coming back or they're doing videos skills videos and it's just it's fucking scary to see that that shit just gets retained in them yeah. uh, do you remember the 10 or you might, might remember his name he used to play rugby for England he was a, a, the star 10 
guy named uh, Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. But his skill cannot be fucked with. Yeah. Uh, there's one point he stands... Oh, yeah. Up. Fuck that guy from a point of respect. Like, yeah. yeah. He's uh, so fucking good. He's impressive, but at the same time, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Demoralised Scotland more times than I can count. But at one point, he's standing at the end of an empty car park. I'm talking right at the end. Yeah. And he just sinks, like, perfectly. Like, all the... Uh, like the technique behind the kick, fucking perfect. It just sinks a ball into a, into a sort of waste bin right at the other end of the car park. He's a kicker, by the way. Yeah. Say. It, 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 the num- one of the rules, of the, well, one of the jobs of the number 10 is kick off and uh, conversion kicks. Yeah. So just for those who don't know, he just effortlessly sinks this kick. And then at one point, he's uh, on a rugby pitch. Uh, from the halfway line, he reverse heels and kicks the ball over the posts. Fuck that. And you're just sitting going, I know people playing just now that couldn't fucking do that. Then you watch uh, some of the, like some of the older forwards that have retired, a guy named uh, Sebastian Chabal. Yeah. Fucking beast. And you see him just hitting uh, some of the new players. Like some of the new players that are playing for France, they just go, oh dude, it's Chabal. Why not play against Chabal? Yeah. And he's doing a kind of tackling masterclass. And uh, one of the bigger forwards for France comes, uh, I think it's their uh, hooker. I think his name's Girardini or something. Yeah. I can't really remember. Names escape me, but he goes up, tries to tackle him. Shabal, without even thinking, just, it's like, you retired 10 years ago and you still look like that. Yeah. You look like you could pick up any normal man and just eat him. <laughs> and he's, so, he's so just he's like, throwing people all over the side. These old veterans, like, what do you think they do? They don't yeah. give up. Yeah, they the leave because they can't play at that level. Yeah. doesn't mean they still can't play. They still coach. The, the memory's still there. The, yeah. the technique's still there. And how do you think they coach? Do you think uh, a forward coach is very kind of theoretical with like a fucking no. whiteboard theory <laughs> forward teaching is about showing you how to hit people yeah. the best way to show, show you how to hit people is to fucking hit people yeah. show you how to hit and get hit because yeah. the next part of the video is he shows people how to get hit so this uh, i think it's a uh, one of the six or sevens the locks in the scrum they're typically your bigger like taller guys and it's saying he tells this guy to run at him and he says, this is how you get tackled. And without even thinking, Cheval, like just perfect technique, but he lifts him up. Without even thinking, just, Cheval's about six foot. The lock itself, the lock himself that was getting tackled is about six foot as well. He just lifts him up like it's a fucking empty bottle and just <laughs> dumps him on his back and says, right, that's how you don't take a tackle because the proper way to take a tackle is your hips fall first, then your shoulder, then your head. Yeah, so that's, you kind of roll a bit. Yeah, yeah. so you kind of cushion the blow. This guy just fell and his arms went everywhere. Anyway. That's how you don't take a tackle. Next person comes up, he does the right way and says, that's how, you, that's how you do it. But if someone else comes up and does an awkward tackle and he tackles them in a way where one leg goes this way, another leg goes that way, and he freaks out again and he just starts demolishing these new French players. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to get to that point where I just, obviously not, I wouldn't be the same size that I would be if I was professional, but I still retain all that all the techniques that I just yeah. start like, using it again. I think that'd be great. There was something about the, the veteran status Versus the kind of arrogance of a new player. Yeah, people that have had that, like people that have been battle tested. Yeah. It's just, I've done this before. How do you think France won this game? How do you think France won that game? Because I was upending people left, right, and centre. <laughs> Fucking awesome to see. Just ragdolling people for yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it's time to introduce a new feature of the show. Here comes a new challenger. But this week's uh, Here Comes a New Challenger is probably something that you wouldn't really expect me to talk about because I've never really mentioned Mortal Kombat all that much. I think you mentioned it was coming out and yeah. you were like curious about it. Yeah, because, it, but this is based on visuals, purely visuals, because I've yeah. never been a big Mortal Kombat guy. I've always been, I mean, for me it was always, there was three schools. You're either Street Fighter, Tekken or Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah. I was securely Street Fighter. Never played Tekken because it's just boring. <laughs> it's just, oh, you've hit me once. Now, uh, the but they got over, a leopard guy. They got a guy with a leopard head. But no, Tekken was always kind of, oh, you've hit me once. Now I'm up in the air and you're juggling me. I can't come back down unless I spend all my meter <laughs> to come back down. And now I'm basically just naked and you can do it again. I'm like, oh, great. That sounds, that sounds exactly what I want to play. Mortal Kombat always seemed to me to be a bit hokey, a bit cheesy. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want any of that. Because it was always like, you punch someone and some little guy appears at the bottom of the screen going, toasty. No, I don't, <laughs> don't want to get into that. But uh, slowly over the years, I've been watching a uh, a guy called Maximilian, Maximilian dude on YouTube. Uh, he does all the fighting I game videos. I think I've seen some of his uh, stuff for you. Fucking ph- uh, phenomenal YouTuber. He's one of the sort of smaller YouTubers. I think he's only just now approaching 1 million, if not already at 1 million subs. Yeah. But he's a such a small YouTuber, but he's basically the one-stop shop for fighting game. Covers everything. He's another one of those people that just, you can tell he's not in it for the money. He just fucking loves talking about fighting games. But he covered uh, Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat XL, which was the expansion in Mortal Kombat 10. And they all kind of look pretty good. And so I thought, this year might be the year that I get into Mortal Kombat. And then I seen it at the VGAs. And I thought, holy shit, that looks pretty good. Because they took the Injustice 2 engine with the really, really well animated faces. Yeah. And did that with Mortal Kombat. So when Scorpion throws out the little kunai rope dagger. Yeah. And stabs someone in the chest. You can actually see the wound through the cloth. And if they've got clothes, you can see the rip. All right. And it's like a really highly detailed wound in it. I just, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Then, uh, just for the hell of it, I thought, I'll pre-order it, why not? Then, uh, over the next couple of months, because they announced the game at VGAs in December, maybe. Yeah, I, sounds about right. Then they said, this game's coming out in March. <laughs> oh. No, it's coming out in <laughs> April. So, it's just been character, 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 character. So, yeah. the original, the characters that I announced from the trailer were Raiden, the Thunder God, and Scorpion. But then, it was, you had Sub-Zero and all that. All the characters that you think that were going to be in the game. But recently they announced uh, Johnny Cage. Obviously. Because, well, he needs to be in it. And his daughter, uh, Cassie Cage. His, uh, um, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade, who's another character that got announced quite early on in the, sort of, the, the reveal trailers, who this time is being voiced by Ronda Rousey. Why not? Yeah, let's go for that. It's not good. It's not good, though. Before in Mortal Kombat 10, they had uh, Trisha Helfer. Right. Who was pretty well, she's pretty well established. She played... I think um, I know who she is. She was probably, she was in a uh, castle with uh, Nathan Fillion. I think, right. I think her name's Trisha Helfer anyway. I might be wrong on that, but uh, I know she was in, she was in Batman as Talia Al Ghul. She's been a whole slew of other things, but she voiced uh, Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 10 and it worked because She's a good actress, she knows what she's doing, but you can tell in Mortal Kombat 11 that Ronda Rousey's really not that great an actress. <laughs> because at one point... Are you kidding me, Dom? She was in The Expendables. Great movie, but <laughs> there's not a, de- a great detail of acting, but you can always tell she was given a, a way to go. She was she was given she was given a description and she stuck with that description. Yeah. She went, someone told her, Sonya Blade, she's a bit of a, she's a bit of a hard ass, she's always serious play like that and every line she speaks it's all serious it's just not much emotion the one point uh, Sonya Blade is talking to Raiden and a couple other characters and she says we need to stop the Netherrealm army before Liu Kang and his minions bring them up to the surface surely you need to add a bit more desperation a bit more kind of <laughs> we need to do this now as opposed to just anger and seriousness just, just 
simmering anger all the time. Yeah, just something else about it. But um, there's a whole... Uh, they announced another character from Mortal Kombat 10, a character called Aaron Black. Okay. He was just a kind of hunter dude. Basically, like, two revolvers and a, sort of a lever-action rifle. He's basically like a kind of cowboy hunter type character. I think I've seen one of his, uh, like, kill shots where he just blows somebody's eyeballs out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then shoots someone again. <laughs> yeah, because you need to make sure. That's the whole thing about Mortal Kombat. That's what's kind of making me get into it, is the fact that the, the fatalities and the brutalities are just stupidly over the top this time. Yeah. But the one thing I actually wanted to talk about is that you spoke last time, or the one the few times I mentioned it, that you were annoyed that you had to pre-order to get Shao Kahn. Yeah. I think what they've actually done is pre-order to get Shao Kahn early. Because he's in the story. Right. As a pivotal character. So okay. I'm thinking is what they've done, a, they've done a Dragon Ball Fighters where you could pre-order and you got Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku and Vegeta early, but you could still unlock them in-game. So I would get him access to more for uh, multiplayer or like PvP. Yeah, from day one, instead of having to go through an arcade mode or story. story. Mode to, okay. So, if he's available as an unlock and it's a, an accelerated access, I'm okay with that, I think. I'm just happy that they're saying that this character's going to be DLC or whatever at some point. Or it might be an unlock in the game, but he's still going to be in the story at some point. Because it's kind of the opposite of what they did with uh, Darkseid. Darkseid was advertised as the big character for Injustice 2. Yeah. Then he's not in the story anywhere. He was in all the promotional footage saying, pre-order now, the fight is Darkseid. Right. And you never really <laughs> seen him in the story. And like, I kind of thought he'd be in there because how cool would it be as if at the end of the fight, Superman and Batman have finally realised we beat Brainiac and all of a sudden, boom tube, Darkseid. Oh shit, we got something else to fight. Fucking love boom tubes. <laughs> Boom tubes are great. <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's how, how are we going to transport boom tube? <laughs> a boom tube by frost. It's all, fuck it. it's all the same shit. So it all comes out in the wash. It's all the same shit. But yeah, uh, quite looking forward to Mortal Kombat 11. It'll be the first time I've ever played the Mortal Kombat. But yeah. Uh, yeah, first time, because like I said, it was always seen, it always seemed to me that, oh, Mortal Kombat's cheesy. You know, I don't want to play it. But yeah, fuck it. Gonna gonna give it a go for eighty quid. I hope I get my money's worth out of it. <laughs> so they're definitely juicier than the usual games you play. Yeah, but uh, talk in complete stark contrast to Mortal Kombat, giving you all the information you could ever want. I'm gonna flash for. I'm gonna flash to Nintendo and their uh, latest direct before the Pokemon direct with them talking about new games that are coming to Switch. Basically telling people that um, this is still coming. Uh, Damon X Machina is still gonna happen and other games including the Link's Awakening remake that we're getting that people are really hyped for but also worried because the art style is a bit funky but personally if art style dictated me playing a game I never would have played uh, Wind Waker I never would have played Dragon Ball Xenoverse because I didn't like yeah. art style in Xenoverse uh, the weirdly like kind of stunted expressions worried me because all they had was straight face and grip <laughs> like Dragon Ball characters are a bit more expressive than that but yeah and then it's like awakening, but they said that they were going. To, there was going to be a bit of Smash Bros. news in there as well, and all we've seen from the new characters that are meant to be coming from Smash Bros. was the character model. No gameplay. No, this is what the stage is going to look like. This is what the music for a stage is going to sound like. Right. Just the character model, with his back to the camera, <laughs> so you can see him. Do you know who it is? It's Joker from Persona Five. Okay. So I know what he looks like, but I want to see what he looks like in game. Yeah. So he's got his back turned to the camera. All you can see is him standing holding a knife because that's his main weapon in Persona 5. He's got right. a knife and he has a revolver because fuck it, why not? I was going to say, isn't this a game about high school kids? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. 
I mean, I know they're fighting demons and stuff, but yeah. like literally just one guy. If with I'm a fighting knife. demons, I'm taking more than a fucking revolver. I'm <laughs> saying that. <laughs> taking me some holy water, a shotgun, grenade launcher, and a priest. Yeah. <laughs> to use as a stick to hit people with. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Incidentally, that's the worst shopping list I've ever seen. Some holy water, a shotgun, a priest. But yeah, we didn't get we didn't fucking get anything. Back turned to us, didn't, didn't even get to see the full model. You get to see the weapon that he's using. That's about it. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but at the same time, the way they say, the way they established the season pass for uh, Smash Ultimate was these are characters that aren't made yet. We're going to announce who they are through right. the the means through the use of the Smash ballot. As basically people or Nintendo put it to the people, who do you want in this game? And they're just saying, we want Joker from Persona Five, we want uh, Dante from Devil May Cry, and they we just want get, Waluigi. <laughs> it's never going to happen, but. Uh, <laughs> See, people that want Waluigi in the game are people that have no idea who Waluigi is. <laughs> and the occasional trolls. But yeah, it's just that's their way of gauging interest in it. And yeah. serious interest, because Waluigi is already in the game as an assist trophy. That's not in the game. He is in the game. There is not. But uh, they always said, these are characters that are going to come to the game. We haven't made them yet, but we're just, we're letting you like vote for them, essentially. So How fucking funny would it be if they haven't showed you gameplay, because they don't want to spoil the reveal that the knife actually cuts people. <laughs> <laughs> he's slashing he just like randomly stabs somebody and just like Mario's like oh my god what the fuck is this <laughs> like he looks at his own blood he's like what what is this <laughs> I thought that'd just be mushrooms this falls over <laughs> oh shit his final smash is just knives <laughs> like just does the throat slash <laughs> final smash he just grabs somebody stabs them in the neck and walks away <laughs> oh that'd be horrific final smash prison shank <laughs> Final shank burst kidney attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just walks Starts away again. Shit from the shit of them. <laughs> Imagine the look on the, the face of all those kids who are like, why is Bowser on, or Bowser on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that character shouldn't be in the game. <laughs> well, um, Joker in his game, he, he stabs demons. He has PTSD now. <laughs> he just sees everybody's demons. <laughs> and to be fair, Bowser is a giant turtle that breathes fire. So, I kind of had it coming. Yeah, he's kind of almost a dinosaur. Yeah. So, for uh, today's showstopper, uh, I would talk about a meme that's been cropping up through Reddit and actually saw it on a, a YouTube video by Russian Badger. And okay. I was like, what the fuck is this meme about? I went to, to Google to figure out the answer, and the story is dumber than you think. Okay. So, this meme concerns science, our favourite subject. This is the idea that you should, be able, you should be able to hit a chicken so hard you cook it. Yeah, seriously. This is the thing people are looking at. The idea is idea. The idea stems from the, the fact that there's energy conversion. If you have a hand up in the air, it's potential energy. It's the energy that you can impart through movement. So mm-hmm. the hand's in the air, it's potential energy. You convert it to kinetic energy by moving the hand. You impact the chicken by hitting it. At which so, point, the energy converts to audible energy for a nice smacking sound, kinetic energy for the chicken's probably going to move, mm-hmm. and then a bit of thermal energy, in theory. Yeah. You had a questioner. No, <laughs> he just lost it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, to be honest, I just kind of got lost in the image of someone just smacking a, a chicken. chicken, just going, nope, didn't cook that one, <laughs> didn't cook that one. With a big steel gauntlet on, just trying, like the infinity gauntlet, just trying to cook some chickens. The meme theory is that you can somehow get 100% conversion from uh, heat ener- from the like kinetic to the heat energy. 
mm-hmm. uh, and in doing so cook the chicken. Uh, this requires a hundred percent conversion and no loss. So in theory, you have to build a one punch man a chicken to cook it. Yeah, but how does a human being build the one punch man levels of energy needed to cook a chicken with an open palm? Well, we'll get into the actual like probability later on. Um, no, let's get in it now, damn it. We need to know. It's one paragraph away. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, chicken boy. Uh, so with many things in that you can go down the rabbit hole. You can find some weird math and weird shit related yeah. to this idea. So uh, based on Reddit's top scientist, if you find the temperature required to cook chicken meat, which is a statistic we somehow have, you can figure out the force of kin- kinetic energy in the punch you need to convert to th- like heat energy to cook the chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that would be like kind of solve for x basically through the, the math of like the actual energy you impart based on how, much, how hard you're punching you could eventually find the speed you would need to cook at to uh get the chicken to like or you need to hit the chicken to cook it um so based on leading estimates of reddit's top scientists uh, <laughs> reddit's top scientists to cook a 1.5 kilo chicken you need to punch it at 825 miles an hour would you like to take a guess at the top punching speed of a human being? Well, I know the top kicking speed of a human being something <laughs> like... Uh, Kicking's weird though because it's a longer lever, so... Yeah. I mean, I remember people saying that they could kick... Uh, I don't know if this was 100% true given the person that said it, but someone that used to coach a rugby team that was in said he could kick it up to 70 miles an hour. It's like, yeah. Ooh, not feeling that one. Yeah. Uh, the top punching speed right now is a record held by a guy called Keith Liddell. I uh, said it in 2012. Keith Liddell. Keith Liddell. All right. L-I-D-D-E-L-L. Is that not Chuck Liddell? No, Keith. You sure? Uh, yeah. Hmm? I was going to say Chuck Liddell is a UFC fighter. No, no. This is a different guy. He's not a UFC fighter. Okay. Um, he's a martial artist, but he's not a, a fighter. He has a couple like weird records. Um, but his top punch speed is 45 miles an hour. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's... that's fast, but we're a ways off. Uh, so we're getting there. We just need to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Th- this dude cannot be further from... Chuck Liddell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we need to... We're getting there. In every possible sense. <laughs> we just need to figure out uh, the energy... Like, a chicken that could take that type of pounding. Uh, because apparently the amount of energy we're using is just off of what the energy released by US standard issue army grenade is. <laughs> so, yeah, that would, chi- that would cook a chicken. <laughs> so we're, we're getting there. Science just needs to sev- Send several bits of the chicken all over the place. <laughs> So don't let your memes be dreams, kids. Start punching chickens. We'll get there one day. What would you do if there's just one mutant child that's just all other part of his body is withered, but he has a human, like a <laughs> massive, like regular human-sized hand, but he has a tiny body that he can punch at the required speed to cook chickens? I actually am wondering. Like, I, I, I'm sure it's somewhere there was the death battle for Saitama was involved in one. I'm pretty sure Saitama was involved in the death battle. I'm gonna see if I can find the amount of force he can output. Although, oh, is that the what would happen if Saitama punched Captain America's shield? That actually was another one. That was film theory. Actually, that might have the answer. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they talk about... I don't think Saitama has been in any death battles because yeah. he's kind of a one-button victory. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a, oh, you're dead. My favourite one, though, was the... Um, when they, appeared, they did the Cell Games uh, interstitials yeah. <laughs> where they were still making episode 60 for Team Four Stars Dragon Ball Z Abridged and they were like, hey, uh, various people are going to show up and fight. <laughs> Cell destroys... Uh, What's his name? Genos. Genos. Because everybody destroys Genos. Yeah, Genos is the punching bag of the One Punch Man universe. At this point, I'm starting to feel like I've got a shot against Genos. <laughs> it happens in every episode. He shows up and goes, I will fight you for my master's sake. And then just gets ripped to pieces. And yeah. then goes, 
Ah, shit. <laughs> the best Turns out I wasn't being, ready. Best, best example is the Sea King episode. The Sea King episode is the best example of that entire show. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. It's so good. It's just, it's just a great show in general. Yeah. Any, any person that I know that doesn't watch anime, I just say yeah. one punch man. Season watch two, it. coming April. Good. Like good. early April, I think. See, the only problem is with the dub out, I much prefer the dub voice to yeah. the sub. It's so good. Although the, the dub voice for Jenner should be Johnny Young Bosch because why not? Yeah. He deserves it. Uh, but yeah, that was, we need to figure out how to get One Punch Man into a real thing and then we can go from there. Although I'm pretty sure, I'm actually thinking about that episode of the film theory. Pretty sure punching the asteroid is way more than we need. Yeah, probably. Although we can figure out how many chickens One Punch Man can cook in the next episode of Jibberfish. So uh, yeah, join us uh, for the next episode to find that horrific fact. And uh, in the meantime, I've been Colin Graham. I've been Dom Anderson. You can contact us on Twitter at Jibberfish or at jibberfishpodcast at gmail.com. Dot org. For our government, government organisation. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next time.